Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Tuesday morning to each and every one of you. It is another glorious, beautiful, sunny day right here in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way, if you're wondering. Monday through Friday, 10 and 12 p.m. And that's Eastern time, if you're wondering. Many do ask, is Cincinnati and Ohio in Eastern or Central? This is Eastern. You can find us on YouTube, the Chatterbox Sports page. We broadcast live on X, formerly known as Twitter, Elon Musk Empire. Join us there, or if you'd rather join us in podcast form, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman wherever you find your podcast. And you're dialed in. We know that football is a violent game. There's no debate about it. And injuries are going to happen. You just pray for them not to be serious injuries for these young men who play. And although Jamar Chase wouldn't say when he injured his back on Sunday night against Buffalo, each and every one of us saw him land hard on that back in the third quarter of the game on Sunday night. Now, he stayed in the game. Made a big catch late to preserve the win. But you could tell even when he caught that ball, a 32-yard game, he ran out of bounds. He, he, something was wrong. And we pointed out, as Chris Collinsworth predicted, right there when it happened, when he fell down hard on the back, he said, that back is really going to hurt the next day. He's going to crawl out of bed if he's lucky. And Collinsworth knows what he's talking about. He's been there. And sure enough, Chase says he is very, very sore. And his availability for Sunday's game against Houston is very much in doubt. Remember, the Bengals will play at Baltimore just four days later. You got to have him for that one. The guy who could take his reps, or some of his reps, if he's unable to go Sunday, is rookie Charlie Jones. Remember him? Out of Purdue? He's trending in the right direction, says Zach Taylor, following a stint on IR with a thumb injury and might be active this weekend, so stay tuned. Houston is 4-4 four and four on the year and is led by rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, who undoubtedly later today will be named the AFC's Offensive Player of the Week. It's not even debatable. He throws for an NFL rookie record 475 yards, 470 yards, five touchdowns against Tampa. Kickoff at Paycor set for this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Last night, okay, we're talking about Stroud and 470 and five touchdowns. Right? Then there's the New York football Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Have you ever seen anything in your life? I'm being serious about this. We ridicule the Steelers. We ridicule the Bears. We ridicule the Panthers. It's inconceivable that an offense could be worse than the Jets. They managed two field goals, fumbled the ball three times, they were 3-for-17 on third-down conversions in a 27-6 loss to the Chargers. The Chargers, who have the 31st-ranked pass defense in the league. The Jets on the year are 22% converting on third down. That is the worst in the NFL in 45 years. The Jets have scored a total of eight offensive touchdowns this season. That's one per game. And by an act of God, they're four and four. Round two of the college football playoff rankings unveiled tonight. Ohio State, they still number one. Does Georgia leapfrog them? 
What about Michigan and all the turmoil going there? Who knows? In baseball, lots happening. As the winter meetings begin today in Scottsdale, Arizona, the biggest news by far came out of nowhere. Look at him smiling over there. Our resident Cub lover, Craig Council, takes over as manager of the Chicago Cubs. Council managed Milwaukee to a division title this past season, three in the last four, taking him to the playoffs six times. What do you think about that, Reed Mouse? Think about how many games Craig Council won with a with a team payroll of about $12.36. Think about what he could do on the north side with the Ricketts pockets and all that and all that money flowing around. Shohei Otani and Juan Soto here soon. I don't know, oh guys. This Cubbies team, biggest off-season off splash yet. And it will be the biggest. Well, there's no doubt about that. He becomes the highest paid manager in the game since Joe Torre. During his Yankee days. That's 100 years ago, it seems like now. David Kaplan, our good friend from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, will join us at 11.15 to talk about Craig Council and the Cubbies. Oh, it's big time. I love Cap. Love Cap. He's the best. The Mets named Carlos Mendoza as their new skipper yesterday. He comes to Queens after 15 years with the Yankees in multiple roles, including each of the last four years as Aaron Boone's bench coach. The Diamondbacks, rightfully so, extend manager Tori Lovello's contract through the 2026 season following the team's unbelievable run to the World Series this year. College basketball tipped off in full force last night. We begin with UC who did not shoot it particularly well. They were 5-for-25 from three-point range, but still beat Illinois-Chicago 69-58. Day-Day Thomas. This is a guy to watch. This guy is a player. Division I debut last night, 15 points. Dan Skilling's off the bench with 13. C.J. Frederick had 11. His first game as a Bearcat. And, of course, UC is still without two of their best big men who are ineligible to play because of the NCAA. Here's what Wes Miller had to say after the game last night. Coach! Good to tell you. Hi, thanks, Coach. Uh, I want to say one more thing. It's bittersweet when you win and two kids that you think deserve to play are sitting in street clothes. It's bittersweet. And those two dang kids deserve to be playing. It ain't right. It ain't right. So, I... I... I'm happy I am that we won the game. I feel like hell. I feel bad for those two kids. And yes, our team would be different with them. Yes, that's true. But, and I'll recognize that, that that would make us a better team. And heck, I want us to be a better team. But those two dudes, they, they deserve to be playing basketball. I cannot see who, what it serves to keep, I don't, I don't know what it serves to keep them from playing basketball. What purpose does it serve? They're in good academic standing. They're good students. They're great kids. They followed rules and guidelines that were provided them. I don't know who it serves for them not to play. I don't. All I, all I know is what it does to them as kids, and it, it's not good. That was a really hard night for those two kids. But I wish somebody would tell me who it's helping for them not to be playing basketball. What purpose is that serving? All the stuff we got in college athletics, all the changes. What purpose is it serving for Aziz and Jamil to not be playing college basketball? Why, why do they deserve that? What what point? What point's trying to be made here? What point? 
Seven guidelines. They meet all seven. I'd tell you about it, but it, that's personal information. But I can tell you emphatically, it's seven for seven. And I don't know what purpose it serves for them to be sitting. It is, I'm trying to hold my tongue while we wait on this appeal, but what are we waiting on? These two deserve to play basketball. And yes, that would make our team better. And I can recognize that. But you guys don't get to see how it's affecting them. It's, it's, it's awful. It's awful. Basketball is not like coaching. You coach till you die. Basketball, you only get to play so many years. Man, we're taking a year away from I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what purpose that's serving. So, yes, I'm excited about the win, but that's the bittersweet part. And, man, those kids are struggling, and it ain't right. And I'm going to keep standing up for them because it, it is not right. And, yes, it'll make us a better team, but more important than that, it ain't right. And I don't understand the purpose here. I don't know who this serves to keep them from playing basketball. All right, thanks, guys. He is spot on. We have said this on this program, said it two, three weeks ago when they were initially denied their appeal. This is ridiculous. I mean, seriously. With all the stuff you have going on in college sports right now, how about what's going on at Michigan? He said there are seven requirements which by NCAA rules and regulations you have to meet to be granted this eligibility. And you just heard what he said. They have met all seven. They're in good academic standing. They are good students. And you're telling 21-year-olds, hey, look, you're not playing. This is ridiculous. The NCAA should be absolutely ashamed. And, and, and look, these two kids aren't the only ones. There are others affected by programs coast to coast. The Tez Walker thing this year at North Carolina, when Mac Brown went off. I mean, what in the world are they thinking about at the NCAA not letting these kids play? Look, if they're outlaws, if they're in trouble with the law, if they're terrible students, if they're bad guys, okay. There are consequences. But that's not the deal here. I'm with Wes Miller all the way. Good for him. UC plays Detroit Mercy Friday night, then we'll play again on Sunday at noon against Eastern Washington. Xavier won its season opener at the Centos Center. I reached out to our buddy, Big League Paul. I haven't heard back from him. You think he's still on the rack? Yeah, I think he's still sleeping. Maybe a night out at Dana Gardens last night? Why you punch down up. at Dana? Why you punch down at Dana Gardens, Tom? I'm not punching down Dana Gardens. Oh, I'm just saying that's where on. all you elitists go after the games. Right. It's not right about that, Elliot. Yeah, I, you are right. You are right. And I'm sick and tired of these Xavier fans acting like they don't do it. I, I'm sick and tired of it. I, I go to Dana Gardens all the time, but that was it. You, you, you call. You say it's a dump. You say it's at least. I, I said I, I am the king of going park. to dumps. I know it's not Terrace Park. I know it's not Hyde Park. I don't it's go out Nor to Hyde it's Park. In, it's in Norwood. <laughs> I it's go a, out in the everyman's town of Milford. <laughs> Sorry. The Norwood's elitist. Town of Milford. Claremont <laughs> County, big boy. Uh, the Muskies have... Ten new players after last year's run to the Sweet 16. And one of those learn, uh, lone returnees, and we've heard so much about him, is Desmond Claude. He pours home a career-high 25 points. X dominated inside, even without Hunter and Fremantle. They're going to be up for the year. But a good start. 77-63 the win last night. The Muskies host Jacksonville Friday night. Elsewhere, Ohio State struggled, but won 79-73 over Oakland. Miami. Another of the elitist programs that Reed roots for. 
lost its opener on the road at Evansville. NKU, they have a basketball team there, Casey. They lost last night at Middle Tennessee. In fact, they made the tournament last year. They did. 16th-ranked Kentucky. Don't look now. Cal's got it going on early. They looked good last night. Huge win over New Mexico State. It's huge. Four Wildcats scored in double figures, and they only turned the ball over six times. I'm telling you, watch out for the Big Blue. And I don't mean the Hamilton Big Blue. I mean Watch Kentucky. out for them, too. Watch out for them. Okay, fair enough. They had a good football season. Shocker of the night, without a doubt, fourth-ranked Michigan State loses to James Madison. And last, but certainly not least, soon as this program is over today at high noon Eastern time, we will launch our premiere. It, it, it's like a movie opening of Chatterbox Golf. This is like 30 for 30 stuff, okay? It's the recap of the pummeling at Potter's Field between Sean Spurlock and Mr. Elliot Rearing. That's that is, right. That is coming up right after this show. That's right. I'm ready to roll. Do you think I win, Tom? Do you wish you could go back and change three swings in that duel? Just three. Three swings. I can think of one that he'd want to change. I can certainly think <laughs> yeah, of one. I, I, Is that I, a swing and a miss? Yeah, I'll find. I, I could, Tom. Close. I could. I could find you three swings. There's about three swings in there, especially towards the end, that I could probably. I could probably take a redo on. But it was good overall. I played. I, I thought I played good, and, and we'll find out if I win. I don't know yet because you haven't watched the video, so I won't spoil it. But yeah. no spoilers. No spoilers, Tom. Okay. We, we well, go in depth tomorrow about it. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I got to reach out to Cal. Who, who said that? Blackmore, that's right. We've got to get Cal on the program. Yeah. We've got a little inside wagering on this inside. Uh, before we go any further, speaking of college basketball, we'll get to some of this Bengals stuff here in a second. Any action, boys, last night? Up, down, good day, bad day, what? Uh, I told people to take the Chargers, and the, the, <laughs> the old Chargy-Wargies did, did well. I didn't listen. I took the Jetsy-Wetsies, oh and unfortunately I got boat raced. I did have the under, though. The under was a mortal lock. These primetime yeah, under unders are free. So does that mean you split? Yeah. But okay, it, what, it, what about in college basketball? Uh, I didn't have a good feel, unfortunately, for college basketball yesterday. Tough day <laughs> at the office. It was a tough day at the office. We went under. But here's the thing about the college basketball season, Tom. There's 4,500 games a day. That's right. And you just keep making up for them day by day. Tonight, we got a couple good ones. Do we? <laughs> I think Georgetown, I'm taking Georgetown minus 33. That is Ed Cooley's debut as a new head coach. Yes. I'll be taking them minus 33 against some school I've never heard of. I think that's going to be a real good one. What's the over? Good 33 old. for Georgetown? Minus 33. I, I believe, understand that. I think it's like a, I think it's like a high school team they're playing. I, I, I don't know. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. It, it, how many Big East wins will Georgetown get this year? Three. Who gives they a They play LeMoyne. <laughs> They play Lemoyne. Let's talk about Lemoyne. some. Let's talk about some stuff that was absolutely blasphemy to start the show. One is the fact that we think Craig Council is actually going to fix the Cubs franchise. That's that's beyond funny. We don't funny. think anything. We know the, it. The, the reality. The other thing I just that I just read, which is preposterous, is that the Cubs will be paying a manager more next year than the Reds will be paying Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, yep. Noel Ve Marte, yep. T.J. Friedel, Christian Carnacion Strand, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, Andrew Abbott, Brandon Williamson, and Alexis Diaz. Combined. Well, yeah, they got to work more because we're going to play. Combined, Tom. That in of it shows right there Major League Baseball's premier issue. 
Well, wait a minute now. We're, the we're the gonna, reason all those more. guys, they've had this system in place, which the Players Union agreed to, along with Major League Baseball, there is a system in place where this is what guys make as rookies, this is what they make their second year, and then they can go to arbitration and clean up. Every one of those guys you just named outside of a couple of them, by the time they hit their third or fourth year in the big leagues, they're all making more money in council. Yeah, what we understand. Who's going to make more but, money over their but, career? But the point That's is, right. the point is, uh, is that that is actually a possibility of Major League Baseball. Is that what? there's one franchise that is that that is able to spend on a manager eight million dollars? We're not talking more seventy billion dollars. Eight million dollars. They're they're paying them more than all those players combined. They are. I'm but, not saying that's a problem for how much the players are making. I'm talking about the fact that the, the pockets of some of these franchises compared to others is just mm -hmm. it is it is is absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. Imagine the Reds being in a position where they're willing to pay a manager more than another franchise's arguably best. Eight players. Well, young players. I, it doesn't, but it's, it just doesn't matter. Like, that's the way the Reds have to win is this way. And I'm, it's, you know, I guess I'm playing a little woe is me type thing, but it's just oh, like, big time. We're, we're to the point now where, well, I'm not worried about the Cubs because they'll inevitably collapse. They're, they're, it's, it's a pit of misery around there. So, you know, again, not people, a lot of we, people talk about the Reds and how they should have went out and made a deadline deal, but we all forget that there was one team that had a 92% chance to make the postseason and then just inevitably collapsed no for doubt. the second year in a row. Um, and also, I, I just want to remind nice. Reed really fast before he gets his head a little bit too big. Uh, we want to sit here and act like this. Uh, and, and I know you're friends with Craig Council. This isn't a shot at Craig Council, even though it's going to come off that way. Is that I don't I, managers in and of themselves are probably overvalued. I think we could all somewhat agree. And let's not act like uh, Craig Council did did a whole lot with what I would consider a pretty damn good team. Well, I, I have fun. Know. I mean, do you do you do the cut? Are, are the cut? Are the Cubs going to be in a position where they're going to be? He's going to be able to. Craig Council's going to be able to turn around and hand the ball off to the the, the guys that he did in Milwaukee. Is, is, is he? Is he, he went, have that? Going he went to an NLCS, didn't he? He did. He did go to an NLCS. And here's the thing: is the last time that the the Cubs went out and got the the hottest manager on the market. That's right. Turned out pretty, pretty and it, okay. And, it, and yeah. it was all him. Turned out pretty okay. Turned out it was all him. Yeah, I nothing to do with Schwarber and all those guys. You can get mad. I mean, look, they had, they had some good managers there in Chicago. Dusty Baker, I think all of us Blue. agree, was a really good manager. Correct. He didn't win a World Series in Chicago. I mean, the bottom line is Joe Madden did something or a number of things, talented team, no doubt, but did something to get him over the hump. And Council, when you look at their team payroll, you know, you, you talk about the guys he's handing the ball to. I mean, down the stretch when Milwaukee's making the run to win the division – they didn't have Brandon Woodruff the entire time. Mm -hmm. They didn't have him. They had Corbin Burns. They had Peralta and a bunch of guys you never heard of. They had a great bullpen, Tom. Well, they had a good bullpen, but, I mean, that's what you build your team <laughs> for. But I'm saying at the end of the day, when you, you stack up those Milwaukee teams and their players and their lineup, I mean, we looked at their lineup right. this year, and we're like, are you kidding? Tom, what happened to the last time that he just said that they had the, the Cubs? We'll, we'll move on to another subject because I don't think people care a whole lot about this, but. I think Madden was the guy's name. He was with the Cubs, and they had a lot of good players. He went to another franchise because he was so valued. He was the hot commodity. This big, bad manager that's fired. so good. He got fired. He went to another franchise that perhaps just didn't have as good of a team. And what happened, Tom? Well, they didn't. 
They, they, what, they were what, spending what, why, why all couldn't... their money, on a, even on a big market team. They were spending all their money on basically. How many, and they made how many terrible wins? decisions. Anthony Rendon and some Dexter of these guys. Fowler, given Dexter Fowler $35 million. I mean, dollars. On, the Angels are a mess. Quick They're question to you. How many wins do you think a manager actually is worth, genuinely? I, I think it's impossible to qualify, quantify that. I think it's impossible. Correct. I just think that, that there mm. are certain guys that, that have it. And, and what it is, I don't know. I mean, why does Nick Saban win seven national championships? I mean, yeah, he gets good players, but it's got to be something because there are too many examples of too many teams in too many sports that have really good players and they can't win. I mean, why does Urban Meyer go from Bowling Green, go to Utah and go undefeated and play in a BCS bowl game? Go to Florida, win two national championships. Go to Ohio State, win a national championship. Is he smarter than everybody else? I don't think so. But he's got something there, and there are others. They've got something there. And I think Council, whatever it is, he's got it. And Jed Hoyer, the general manager of the Cubs, uh, it was a fascinating story today I just read about that whole thing and the way it happened. They weren't even going to pursue Council. I mean, they had David Ross as their manager. He's got two years left on a deal. And Hoyer assumed that counsel who interviewed for the Cleveland job and the Mets job said there's no way he was just thinking on his own and he wasn't going to pursue counsel is the inside story. He had a gut feeling that counsel was not going to take the Mets job because he's a quote unquote Midwest guy. That's who he is. Born and raised. Went to college at Notre Dame, grew up in Milwaukee, all that kind of thing. But he assumed that counsel would re-sign with the Brewers. Well, after that didn't happen, once his contract officially expired, Hoyer decides, I'm reaching out to this guy. And they go meet somewhere where nobody on the planet knows about it. Just the two of them. This is the inside story today. Dana Gardens. And it might have been Dana Gardens. Might have been in Milford. Uh, but, you know, after he talks to him, he's like, and then he has to get on a plane and fly down to Florida and meet with David Ross to tell him that he's going to get fired. How they kept that thing quiet for a couple days like they did, I have no idea. But if you're David Ross, I mean, look, that team collapsed this year. Uh, but, man, uh, that had to be a complete shock to David Ross. I'd say so. I think he should take the Brewers job personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Tom, 121 people uh, at the end of your monologue, by the way, just so you know. And we're still you growing. You said 155, and nope. we didn't get there. I think there. you said so, 55. 55. But go ahead. Okay. Anyway, let's get to uh, the Bengalis. We'll talk more about Craig Council with David Kaplan coming up later on. Um, Jamar Chase. Uh, Casey, you're, you're the Bengals guy. Yeah. I mean, you look at everything through the orange and black colored glasses. That's right. Right? Yeah. All right. Would you even bother to put Jamar Chase on the field this Sunday, knowing the Ravens are four days later? Even if he comes to you and says, you know – I, I'm almost there. Not all the way there. If the player comes to you and says, I'm ready to roll, and you see him run around in practice and he looks good, that's different. But if he comes in and, you know, he's kind of not getting through practice, injury reports come out starting tomorrow, they're off today, would you just sit him down? Yeah, I think I'm, regardless of what he says, I'm sitting him anyways. Like, I, I've already, in, my, in the back of my mind, declared him out. Really? Yeah, I've already declared him out because there's no, there's no reason of re-risking – Especially a back injury like that, that could be something that could develop 
to, to be even worse for him. It can linger. You really want to make sure that's taken care of. And he's a guy, too, that beginning of the season was advocating for Burrow to sit however long it took, five weeks to get fully right. I expect him to do the same thing. I think he's a man of his of his word, and he's going to follow that same ideology. If he needs time, he will sit against the Texans. He'll sit against the Ravens. Against until, the Ravens? Yeah, until he's fully right. Against the Ravens? Tom, we, the way he was talking Dude, makes it sound like... they're 0-2 in the division. I know, but it, Tom, the way he was talking made it sound like it could be, it could be a while. That it could be something that could linger for a while. He was very, very uh, doomsday sort of feeling. Like, oh, man, I'm just praying that I'm going to get right for this game. Or like, what, who says that when when it's not serious? Okay. Only only someone that's serious starts mentioning praying for the team that they can that he can come back and start playing. So, in the back of my mind, I've already declared him out for the Texans. So then he has a chance to play against the Ravens. But I won't be surprised if he ends up sitting for the Ravens game, too. Just because, based on his ideology, you should not be out there until you're 100%. So, here's that's the, my thought. Here's the thing about, you know, Jamar Chase and playing this Sunday. And I don't want this to come off any other way than, than exactly what I'm saying is that if Jamar Chase is hurt and – if the Bengals need Jamar Chase to beat the Texans, then maybe this team isn't very good. So if this team can't beat the Texans without Jamar Chase, then what are we talking about this year? And that's no slight on the Texans. They're 4-4. Right. Four and four. They're playing well. C.J. Stroud looks incredible. You know, they could win that division, and, and um, they, they really can, or at least make a run for the playoffs. But all that being said, if the Bengals can't beat the Texans without Jamar Chase, what are we talking about this year, right? I mean, he's a great player. He's a phenomenal player. But that's a team that the Bengals should. I mean, you know, they're the nine-point favorites or whatever they are. They should be able to beat them without Jamar Chase. So if Jamar Chase needs some rest, get him some rest because we got two big weeks after that. Him sitting out against the, the Ravens, can't do that. Can't do that unless he physically cannot play. But we need him ready for the next two weeks more than anything. We should be able to beat the Texans. And if we can't beat the Texans without Jamar Chase, then what are we even talking about this year? There's two ways to look at it. Number one, and this is why I say it's a trap game. Everybody in here is saying, rest him for the Texans. We don't need him. The Texans are nobodies. And this is why, and this is why that trap game I is so important. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's I, – I wanted to not say that. I, wanted, I, I wanted to say that the Texans are like 4-4. Four and four. CJ Stroud looks good, up and coming, all that stuff. But if the Bengals can't beat the Texans without Jamar Chase, then what are we talking and about? And I agree. So the, the other side of it is we have T. Higgins, we have Tyler Boyd, we have, a, we have a wide receiver group that should be able to be good without Jamar Chase, like Reed just said there. So there's two ways to look at it. You can you can say this game's a win, just it's a rollover, bench Jamar. Can't do that, right. Uh, or, or you use your guys. You use T. Higgins. T. Higgins just had a, a monster game. So you use T. Higgins. You use Tyler Boyd more. You have a tight end group that just seemingly popped out of nowhere. So we, like Reed said, they should be able to beat the Bengals, or should be able to beat the Texans, sorry. Uh, but you can't look at this game like it's just a free win, and that's what I feel like is, is happening right now. Yeah, a lot of I would say a lot of fans feel the same way that you do. I don't think we in this room feel that way. I think we respect the Texans and what they're doing right now. I will say that getting Charlie Jones back, somewhat the emergence of Yoshi, Love playing Yoshi. well. I love that dude. I, I, I don't think it's going to be as detrimental to lose Chase like it was last year. And we still won three out of the four right. games that Chase was gone for. So, I mean, I you got to beat the Texans. I think, Reed, you're right. Like, 
we should be able to beat them without Chase. We, top to bottom, have a better roster. So, that being said, I'm cool with sitting Chase. Like, in the back of my mind, I'm cool with that. But it's four-day turn. It's, it's ten days before we face the Ravens, right? If, so, it's like, that that's, might not be enough time still yeah, is what fair. I'm getting that's at. That's fair. Here's, here's the thing is if us Bengals fans, knowing that in the NFL you're going to have injuries, more than likely guys are going to miss a game here and there, right? Mm -hmm. Jamar missed a couple games last year. T's probably going to miss a game where he, he's already done an injury and stuff. Yeah. So those things are going to happen. If we could look at the Bengals' season before it started and said, let's circle one game that Jamar Chase can take off, right? Get rest. I think a lot of people would circle this Texans game, right? And once again, that's not a slight to the Texans. They're four and four for a reason. They're they're good. They're up and coming. They got a good quarterback. All that stuff is is all well and good. But I want Jamar Chase to be healthy for the two games after that more than anything else. Well, and I'm not for a second. I mean, look, I was very pleased to hear that uh, Charlie Jones is making progress. We we saw him run the punt back for a touchdown earlier this year. He did a lot of great things at Purdue. He's a talented dude, uh, but he's been out for a number of weeks. So, I mean, Yoshi is the guy. It seems to me. I mean, it's a slam dunk that he would be the guy that would get the reps at wide receiver if Chase can't go. And, and look, I'll go on the record right now, and I said this off the air before we went on right now. I think if this kid gets a chance to play, I think he is going to be one hell of a player in Yoshi. He is tall. He's strong. He's big. He's fast. He's tough. He's got good hands. I mean, it's no accident this guy in very limited snaps – he does some little things, finds space in the end zone, touchdown, back-to-back -back games. This guy's got something about him. Yeah, Tom, you know how I feel about RAS scores, and he had one of the highest RAS scores for any wide receiver. What is that, a what? A RAS score? Is that score? a test that the players take? Do they rail C.J. Stroud over? It's the athletic, relative athletic score. So relative all the, all, athletic score. Yeah, all right. all is this an analytics-driven thing? Yes. Okay, tell yeah. me about it. So it's – measurables how tall you are lengthwise but it also takes all the data from the from the combine and the pro days puts it together and compares it to the rest of the wideouts relative to um to him not just in this draft class but for the last 40 years right and he top he tested in the top percentile the very top the top echelon and not only that He's a smart kid. No doubt. A very smart kid. Ivy League. Super handsome. He's a, he's a handsome. <laughs> yeah. He, he's just got all the makings to be a great star, Tom. He is a handsome fella. Tom. I agree with you on all of that, including him being handsome. He's a handsome man. The thing is, Tom, you know. You, is Reed a handsome man, do you think, Case? Handsome man. I mean, look to at tell that you, the chat is lighting up regularly over Reed Mouse. As always, they do. Listen, the thing about Yoshi, Tom, and, and you you have a lot more. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's good depth on the, the wide receiving crew. But, yeah, this is a good game for him to, to come out. And, and Charlie Jones, if he comes back and healthy, we saw him. There was a lot of talk of Charlie Jones before the season about things. You were you were digging into him saying, why wasn't he playing over the past couple weeks? And we're like, well, he's got a, he's got a hurt thumb. Yeah. But we'll see him come back. I mean, hopefully he gets to come back. Hopefully I he agree. gets to play. And it, it all comes down to – this wide receiving crew, if Jamar Chase needs rest, then yeah, you rest him. It's as simple as that. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And uh, look, after what we saw from that tight end room uh, on Sunday night against Buffalo, clearly there are some guys that are looking to step up and get some reps and make some plays. Tanner Hudson did that the other night. 
the guy all of you just completely slaughtered in this room, uh, Irv Smith. Oh, One of the great awesome. catches of the year, Irv Smith Jr. <laughs> the of the year. Have you guys ever seen baseball players lose a ball in the lights? Right? Happens all the time, right? Yeah. That ball that was thrown by Burrow, and you guys think I'm being facetious when I say this. I'm not. Suzuki lost the ball in he the lights. He is falling backwards in the corner of the end zone, looking up, and that ball is right in line with the lights. He's falling backwards. That was a fantastic catch. You guys would be going off the reservation in joy if Chase or Higgins made that catch. But well, you want to just beat down Irv Smith Jr. Well, Tom, I mean, we got we got what? the other guy that you didn't mention. Time you out, want- Tom. Time out. For weeks, everyone's talking in this room about we need to go trade for a tight That's end. Right. Let's go get Darren Waller. Let's let's go get Gronk. All these things, Tom. There's one guy that is saying we have enough tight ends right now. And it was me. So, so don't tell me that we've been just burying Irv Smith. Time out. Time out. Credit was given where credit is due of you standing by your man in Drew's <laughs> I do. I do stand by him. I Drew's mean, <laughs> you stood by him all along. I give you all the credit for that. But you were also the same guy that was ready to run Irv Smith Jr. out of town. You and Elliot both. You guys were ready to write him off, hit the road after the fumble in San Francisco. I did call him a donkey after that one, but hey, he came back. Jesus rode in on a donkey. Did you know that? He did. He did. Yes, he did. Okay. So how bad can donkeys be? So, Elliot, you want to say anything? You want to tie a ribbon around Irv Smith? I want to clear something up. Irv Smith was wearing a visor so that, you know, the lights aren't a factor with the visor. But uh, Irv Smith had about four catches through eight weeks of football. Wasn't very good. He produced nothing. He did nothing. He wasn't targeted in He was games. out for three games with an injury. So <laughs> hang on a sec. How, what does that do? Okay, then he had four games where he caught four passes for 20 yards. <laughs> that, that doesn't make it better. That, that changes nothing. Irv Smith was a bad tight end. I'm glad he's come into himself a little bit here. He's, he feels like home. It, it, it's like Minnesota. It's like Minnesota with Kirk Cousins all over again for him. I'm happy. But at the end of the day, I would rather have Tanner Hudson, and uh, that, that's all there is to it. Tanner Hudson's a better tight end. Drew Garrison option. says, uh, Smith catches a, a seven-yard pass, and Tom is acting like he set records. I'm not saying he set records. I was saying I was not ready to throw the towel in on the guy. That's all I'm saying. Tom, you're bragging about a night where he was the third-best tight end on the field yeah. the entire game. Yeah. Not only that, he, during the, the uh, locker room, speeches and whatnot he dropped his game ball oh, <laughs> it was tossed to him and he dropped the ball time. Casey come on this up. like come on Casey can't get over the i mean he is the third best tight end on our roster ridiculous. this is the stuff you read on x every day <laughs> just like that would you have given up on drew sample after six years in the league and he has like 400 five. yards five leagues two touchdowns now would you have given up on Drew Sample before this year? You know, it's funny you ask that question because I remember when he was drafted. When he came out of Washington, big, strong guy, uh, and the word was he's a good blocker, but there was also word that he was a good receiver, that he had good hands, and he's a good athlete. And, and he was basically non-existent on this team, and it's about getting an opportunity. What I have thrown in the towel, I probably would have. But it's unfair to do that when guys don't get a chance. Tom, if you uh, you said you're talking about Drew Sample's draft night, if you ever want a funny YouTube search, go look at Mel Kuyper's reaction to the Bengals drafting Drew Sample. In the second round. In the second round. He said, who? 
He was like, what? You guys are unbelievable. And five years later, <laughs> nobody still knows who he is. Well, <laughs> you knows who Buffalo Bills saying. know who he is. That's right. Sean McDermott knows who he is. That's right. Right? Two touchdowns in five years. He, he hurdled a guy. He lowered he the did. boomstick. What a game. What a game from Drew. I agree 100%. Let me ask you this. If, if, if it wasn't the Texans this week, are you benching Jamar? If it's the Ravens this week, are you benching Jamar Chase? Casey, that's a question for you because, you know, I'm still convinced what's going to happen here is he's going to – I mean, look, the, the, you know, the, the thing that gets lost on a lot of us sometimes, if you've ever been injured, maybe you had a knee surgery or a shoulder surgery or, you, you know, you hurt something and, and you'll go to Beacon or wherever it is and, and do your rehab and all that kind of stuff, but you, you're lucky to get in once a week, maybe twice a week, right, for the rehab. Mm -hmm. These guys are 24-7. They take these devices, these STEM devices and all this stuff, they take it home with them. They are monitored constantly, getting everything they need to heal and heal quick. They have access to all kinds of things that, that all of us don't have access to. Any of us have access to by and large, right? I guarantee you by the end of the week, he's going to feel well enough to play. Now, whether or not he's going to play is going to be a conversation between him and Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin and everybody else. But he is going to be ready to roll for Baltimore. You can mark it down. Well, mark it down. He's going to have his best chance sleeping in a sleep number bed, Justin Jefferson. But are uh, they a sponsor of ours? Sleep sleep number? Yes. No. no. So no free ads. But that mattress company you just that gave he, him one. That, that, was, that, that was the he, most freest ad ever. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But you know, I think if it was the Ravens, I still would probably sit him because I think I want him for the rest of the like the the risk of re-injuring a back is just so like like that can take him out for the year. Like that's something that I just don't even want to mess with. A back is so finicky to me. I, I mean, agree. You, you, th you think of offensive linemen and, and when they get injury to their back, what that's like. But for a wideout, maybe it's a little different. That's where I'm coming from. That's that's okay. where my place of mind is. It's just back injuries can be devastating. So you're saying no, he's not so really you're, hurt you're, though. What was that? I mean, like I say, he's not hurt. That's the thing. Like he's not or injured. Whatever term you want to use. He's, he's hurt, no, no, but he's not that's, injured. There's as no as declared, far as we know, and we don't know. There's well, no declared I mean, like tear yeah, or sprain or correct. anything like that. And I mean, if you watch the replay, it's highly unlikely that he has one of those things. Um, and that's fair. So I would just, I, I would just. Where I'm coming from is how he reacted to the presser. Where yeah, but I mean, like, you're reading a lot into that. I, I think it's one of those things where that's just could be the nature of the way he goes about his business. He wants to, I mean, maybe he wants to set the expectations really low and to make it look like he's a gamer that he's going to go out there and play. And he's not, you know, I'm not suggesting he's he's sandbagging a ton here, but there's certain guys that want to be tough and act like they're not hurt at all when they actually are hurt. And there's some guys that embellish injuries a little bit. And then they go out and miraculously heal. I'm sure you can go out on YouTube and find out which players are which. Well, I'm not saying Jamar is a soft no. person for doing that, but I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea to go to the press and be like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not feeling great. I'll be lucky. I'm praying that I feel good for Sunday, and we leave it at that. And next thing you know, if he's not available to play, then he's not available to play. I think Jamar's going to make the decision. That's what it comes down to. Listen, Jamar's going to make the decision. This Sunday, he can't. I don't think he should play. Regardless, if he yeah. wants to play, though, he's playing, right? Yeah, if he wants to. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know yeah. about that. And I think, I think that there's, you know, I mean, we're not privy to those it, conversations and how they work. Every team is different. 
Every player and circumstance is different. What's that? If they let Joe Burrow play. If, I mean, it, it depends on how he looks, Tom. I agree with you. If, if, if he goes out there and he, and he can't even go through walkthroughs or he clearly at practice is very, very limited, right. then, then I think at that point the coaches will step in. But if it doesn't appear that he's got any really limitations, it's up to Jamar to say yes or no, I'm going to play. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, we got to go through picks before we get to David Kaplan and the weather coming up at 11 o'clock. Um, are you going inside or are you, I mean, staying inside? I'm going to stay inside. We're going to, well, we're, yeah, we're going to stay inside. We're okay. going to stay inside. Okay. All right. Didn't want to, didn't want to venture out into the streets. Today. I don't, I don't, well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what was that? What was that? I don't know. All right. We have picks to go over from the weekend. Are we ready to go? Yeah, we're ready. Whatever All right. Where are we beginning? College football, I'm assuming. Yep. College football. All right. Here we go. Oh, boy. Did we cover that? We did yeah, cover. You guys yeah. covered. Yeah, you see covered. Look at that. Elliot, how about that? That's brutal. That. I mean, we talked about it. Look, shame on us. We said, you know, you throw out the record books when these two get That's together. That's right. In the AAC or now the Big 12, UC covers with that late touchdown, 28-26 the final. Okay, next up. Woof. Eh. Elliot, would that make you 0-2? That's 0-2, Tom. That's 0-2. It's just, a, went, it's just a struggle. Reed went with the Trojans. I went with the Trojans. Listen, I, I didn't know that uh, that uh, Caleb Williams was going to cry, and if I if I would have known oh that he was going to cry, I would have picked. I would have taken Would have taken Washington. It's a good point. Yeah, you got you got to know if someone's going to cry before you pick them. There was an interesting article I read today about that firing of Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator who was with Lincoln Riley when he was at Oklahoma, came with him from Oklahoma to SC, and. Um, about some study that was done about teams that play basically the spread full-time and throw the ball all over the field. Mm -hmm. And before this season, Lincoln Riley had told Alex Grinch, we are committed to running the ball more, so your defense is not going to be on the field all the time. SC is throwing the ball more than they've ever thrown it. <laughs> all right, next up, what do we got? <laughs> this, one, this one stings. Ugh. The Georgia Bulldogs. Good pick, Al. Elliot, solid choice there. Tom, that, this was one of those ones that I'm telling you, I switch on. If everybody goes with one thing, you switch it. So it worked out. Unfortunately, I, I, I didn't listen to myself, and I bet on Georgia on Saturday with my own money. You know what's crazy about you doing that is it's kind of like our system, but I, I won't get too deep into that. Won't get too deep into that. That's fair. Let's move Easy. on to the next game. System, system on a good weekend. The Georgia Bulldogs are still undefeated. That was their first big test, but they have got a killer schedule the rest of the way. They got to play, what, Ole Miss this weekend. They got to go to Tennessee the next weekend, Georgia Tech, and then an SEC title game perhaps against the Crimson Tide of Alabama. They got it going on, Reed. You went with a fighting Brian Kellys. Yeah, shout out to Nick Saban. He finally got one over on Brian Kelly. I, I didn't know if that was ever going to happen. <laughs> Solid pick, Elliot. Casey, Thanks. good going. Thank you. You're welcome. Good job, Tom. Four Thank and one you. so far. Thank you, Trace. One and three. One and three. 
<laughs> this one's also uh, what it for? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And there is Elliot yet again. That's another one, Tom. I'm telling you, it, it works. You just fade everybody in this room. You just fade fade all of you. Weird. It's weird. You know, I just celebrated my 23rd wedding anniversary over the weekend. Congratulations, Tom. Thank you very, very much. Weird. I mean, there are a lot of ups and downs. You know, most days you, know, you get 23 years. They really don't like you very much. They love you, but they don't like you very much. But you got to try to find a way to get peace in the house. So I keep picking the tired Notre Dame fighting Irish because my wife is an alum. She was a big cross-country star there. And she loves him. I mean, loves him. And so just to keep peace in the house. Hey, did you pick Notre Dame? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Did you do anything for, for your anniversary? We did. Our daughter surprised us and flew back from TCU. And then we jumped in the car and drove to Indiana University. And oh. we went and uh, spent the day as a family together at nice. IU. Nice. With our son. Yeah. Beautiful. How about that? All right. Beautiful. Yeah. Nice day. Yeah. Nice day. Now, you can't lose, guys. You can't lose. If anniversary gifts, jewelry and all that's fine. But if you can set up some special thing, if you have kids, if you can set up some special thing to do with them on your anniversary, you are locked and loaded, dialed in. That's Here life tip. What's that, that? Was, that was an elite life tip right there. It's a big time life tip. I mean, I've made the mistake of going out and buying the presents and all that kind of stuff. And they're nice. But man, the look on my wife's face when I surprised, our daughter surprised us, lands at the airport on Friday morning. We don't know she's coming. Okay. And of course, we have to foot the bill for that plane ticket, but that's okay. <laughs> but then <laughs> to surprise my wife, hey, what are we doing on our anniversary? Are we going to dinner again? No, we're going to see your little baby boy, our baby boy, who's off at college. And man, that is a 10 out of 10. Next up, let's go. A lot of people congratulating you in the chat, Tom. They are? Yep. Really? Yep. It's a lot of people. Oh, Zachary, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, fellas. Okay, let's go. What's next? Chiefs was oh more luck. Oh, my God. You know, if, oh, oh, God, what are you doing? I, you know, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. I'm the guy that's railed on this show how, uh, the year we've been around about just the optics of it gives them no chance. When you show up in teal and orange and white <laughs> to play a playoff game in Buffalo, Fins, frauds, forget it. Congratulations to the three of you. I'm now four and two. If you're if you're keeping yep. score, two and four, four and two, four and two, two and four, four and, four. Two and four, four and two. Here we go. Keep going. Five and two for me. Oh, Let's go. Man. The brownies. Are you kidding me, fellas? I well, mean, here's serious. The, here's the thing, Tom. Is that line was seven when we thought Kyler Murray was going to play? Correct. The line went all the way down to like fourteen points when Kyler Murray wasn't going to play. They still didn't cover that. Cover that. But we we had we had misinformation, so at least cut us a little bit of slack. But I mean, they're you know the Browns they're an AFC Championship team according to Elliot. I agree. I agree, Reed, with myself. Well, if you agree, then why'd you pick the Cardinals to cover? Uh, with a rookie quarterback, I, it felt I like a, it, it felt it felt like a trap game, and I thought they were gonna have a good quarterback, so I was wrong on both fronts. Okay, way to go, Case. Thank you, Tom. All right, here we go. <laughs> this one was rough, though. I mean, Elliot, this is a no-brainer. 
No brainer. Speaking Tom. of, you know, I can't believe we're having a conversation before the show gets started today. Uh, and one of the topics we're going to cover a little bit later on in the show, who's the worst five win team in the NFL. And I got to tell you, after watching the last three weeks, Seattle's not any good. I mean, they're not any good. They're, you know, they're, maybe they're a little better than average. This game, I mean, this game was a complete tail kicking. Yes, it was. I mean, that other team didn't even belong on the field with Baltimore. It was embarrassing. Casey, what happened to your guy? Elite quarterback, Geno Smith. The, the Seattle Seahawks, they have one major flaw. They, they pretty much have a complete roster except for one thing, and that's the offensive line. And it's the exact same position that the Bengals were in a couple years ago. But Geno Smith is no Joe Burrow. And I can admit to that. Yeah, but th this, so. was, this was not a great game by Seattle, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they, <laughs> they gave up 300 yards rushing, their defense. And they just traded for Leonard Williams, by the way. That was – I just did not see that coming. They had been put, playing pretty well, defending the run. But and as bad as that, the NFC as bad as the NFC is, they're still a playoff team, and yeah. I bet they're a six or five seed. They're in first place in that division. They're yeah. in first place the same division as the 49ers. So, listen, Tom, we'll talk about it later. But is anybody playing better than the Ravens right now? I don't know. Tom, I got a stat for you. I got a fun little stat. Yeah, for you. let's hear it. Lamar Jackson against NFC opponents. Yep. He's played in 18 games. You know his record? 17 and one. 17 and That's 1. Incredible. Against the NFC opponents. That's incredible. Yeah, and I want to know what the score differential is on that cuz he blew out the Lions 30 to whatever. He just blew out the Seahawks 37 to 3. I mean, it has to be ludicrous. Did Raven, you see did you Raven's see when they league. asked him about that Elliot in the press conference before the game last mm. week? No, I did not. Yeah. I mean, he went crazy. He's covered his ears. Don't say that. <laughs> Bad mojo. All right. What's All right. next? It's a great stat. Ah, mm. uh, Elliot. System didn't do well here. Oh, boy. Damn. They should have covered, to be fair, and they should have won that game. The Cowboys, I mean, I, I hate to see, use the word dominated, but they were in the red zone every other possession. So it just, it just, it's just a fraudulent Cowboys team that will never get it done. You know, I was thinking about it this morning because I got to work a lot of games and got to know pretty well through the years Troy Aikman. And going in there to Dallas – it, it, it's, it's really, unless you've ever been down there, it's kind of like the SEC in football, right? Um, until you experience being in a place and the coverage and what it's like, sort of like Boston Red Sox baseball up in New England. But the amount of coverage that is given to the Dallas Cowboys in greater Dallas-Fort Worth is mind-boggling. And I was thinking driving in today, the pressure, without a doubt, it's not even remotely close the highest pressure-packed position that there is in sports is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Because nationally, America's team, the following, flamboyant owner, unbelievable stadium, quarterbacks in the past like Staubach, multiple Super Bowl wins, Aikman, multiple Super Bowl wins. And now all of a sudden, you know, there were always excuses about Romo all the time. Right? But at the end of the day, 
you know, for all the, the passing yards, and Lord knows he had a ton of them, and he was a damn good player. He really was a damn good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he could never live up to the pressure and the expectation. And we're starting to get in that territory now with Dak Prescott. We're starting to get there. And I can't tell you. I mean, I, you know, look, if you've got any soft spot in your heart at all, and it's easy to sit here and rail against guys and their frauds and their frauds, it, you cannot believe the amount of attention that is given to the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, more so than any other city in the National Football League. Dak's got to win a big one. He, he hasn't, right? I mean, he's won one playoff game. He's, I, I think Dak, maybe we're a little too hard on him because a lot of the times he does play well, but it just, it's anytime he plays in these big games, he just doesn't show up. The Cowboys just don't just don't win these games. That's what that's what has shown over the past few years. They've got a really good roster. They've got a really good defense. They've got good weapons around Dak. But for some reason, every time they play in these big games, they just don't win. And until they do, I'll continue to think that they won't. Decent quarterback, not a nut cutter, Tom. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I can't argue with it. All right. We got what? One more game. One more game. We know what this one is. Guess what that one is. Ooh. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. I did this pick not because I believed in the Buffalo Bills. I did it to give the Bengals a win, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. You did for the rest. Of the, I told I, that was yep. my that was my rationale. So I'm, I'm I went five and five this week. Asterix, I went six and four because I had the Bengals winning this game. I bet on the Bengals to win this game and cover the spread. But for the people, I I picked the Buffalo Bills to ensure the Bengals get a victory. That was on me. I would love to know my difference from college pick scores to NFL pick scores because I feel like every week. When it comes to college, I'm two and three, one and four, mm. and, then, and then you get to the NFL, and I always do well. Like I'm four and six this week because I started one and four in college, every single week. Just no, just no uh, football in the the pros a little bit better. You no, went, we, we you went are three going and two to be doing picks Thursday of this week because I am leaving to go down to Fort Worth on Friday. I'm going to see in person the Texas Longhorns, Trace's runner-up favorite team. He does. He's, love he's high on the Longhorns. He always he's always talking about the Longhorns. Quinn team. Ewers. Will he be back this week? I don't know. But I'm going to see Colt him play McCoy. Saturday night. The Texas Longhorns. Um, okay. Uh, it's about time for um, Elliot to throw on his sport coat over that uh, tired hoodie and, um, and tell us what's going on. I look outside. I like the eye test. I mean, it, it is a beautiful day here in Hamilton, Ohio. You know, it, I was thinking about it, driving in. It, there is still enough, although fewer and fewer by the day, naturally. Uh, there are still enough leaves on the trees and the colors here in autumn. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it, it's fantastic. So without further ado, Elliot, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right, um, here we go. I, listen, everybody's favorite segment of the day, it's the weather. This segment never gets old. The weather is always changing. In Cincinnati, Ohio, it's great. I love it. I drove, in, I drove into work this morning. I didn't need the heat in my car. Uh, Reed took a shot at my car. Listen, the car is going into the shop today. Immediately okay. after work, I am leaving, and I will be taking my car to the shop. The, the weather won't be an issue. I will say if it snows, tires are in jeopardy. Tires are in jeopardy. I'll be sliding all over the roads. It'll be a real hazard. Uh, weather, though. I'm looking at my weather app, which everybody can do, of course. You don't need anybody to tell you the weather because you just look it up yourself. It's a high of 70 today, low of 58. It's beautiful. 
This is this is the weather that Reed hates apparently because he hates the fall. The, the the fall weather is the best, and it's because of days like this. Go outside, get some cornhole going. Go out, to, get, leave work early. Everybody, go leave your jobs early. Don't 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 tell your boss. You just walk out the door and say if they ask you, it's because it's great weather outside, and and they'll accept it. They'll accept it. High as 75. No, sorry. High as 70. Low as 65. Boom. I don't even know if what I'm saying anymore. Read. <laughs> yeah, here's the, here's the thing, Elliot. I, I feel like you thought I was being a little tough on your car. I like, First off, it is beautiful out here today. So this is a win for the it's fall. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful it's, day. It's beautiful for the fall. I was telling you because they come from a place. back. Uh, back I heard the sound of your car coming in. And back when I had my Mustang, I had that similar sound. And what happened is... Is I didn't didn't fix it, calipers broke right off, and then I couldn't brake my car. I drove to Columbus without brakes on my car. Yeah, not, it, a, not it, a safe thing to do going yeah. 80 miles an hour on the interstate without brakes. Listen, and that's and that's fine. My car's okay. My car's great. I'm gonna go to the shop today. It was already planned. It was a planned visit. It's a brake pad issue. I'm not concerned about anything. Yeah, not even a little bit. So I, I'm ready to roll. The weather's beautiful. Uh, and now I'm going to go sit over here because I believe we have to transition over there, right? Yeah, bring it back over oh, here. Oh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, Ronald yeah Reagan. bring it over here and then Casey will get ready. The, um, yeah, it's a beautiful day. My brother actually asked me to come down to his country club and, and, and play golf today. I will not be doing that. But uh, it would have been a beautiful day to, to get, the, the, get the chicken sticks out. But instead, we're not. So uh, without further ado, here are the ads. Yeah, um, before we actually get started with the ads, I made a horrible mistake. Um, I accidentally uh, blocked someone on our on our channel that definitely didn't deserve to be blocked. Runs in the family. And then uh, and then <laughs> trying to trying to fix the mistake, I uh, hid Mark Fetters from the channel as well. What is going on? So it's not good. This is not a good uh, set of sequences for your. How boy are you here. kicking people? You've kicked multiple people out. Uh, on accident. This isn't accident. the first time you've done this. I'm I'm fixing my mistakes. Just hang on. This all happened right before before we well, went let's, to. Let's, uh, well, let's get through the ads. Yeah. So so I'm I'm fixing it. I fixed it. I all think right. I fixed it. But all that Bengals conversation was brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions, which I really desperately need. Apparently. Then uh, it's for a data center world with the suite of services for mobile computing, desktop to data center, uh, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules <laughs> to improve efficiency and productivity. productivity. That's productivity. right, Casey. That's right. Great. The path to innovation begins here. Nothing more productive than removing half our chat. Yep. <laughs> Nothing more productive than that. And then I have right here, Pawnee Water. I already finished it. Uh, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. It's uh, got natural limestone filtration, unlike the uh, artificial processing Correct. that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water, which also it's apparently coming to Amazon and Walmart.com. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, Tom. Oh, my gosh. There are some clever folks out there. Those that aren't getting bounced anyway. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about, um, you know, Tom? You, we have this show, and, and you're trying to build an audience, and, and all this stuff, and then Casey just starts kicking people left and right. Well, I mean, it's not good. It's not. Good. It's not good. I wish I could remember the term. You guys uh, beat me up for not knowing last week. Somebody brought it up in the chat, and I asked you guys if you could remember it yesterday. You couldn't remember it. I'm not expecting miracles today either. Um, yeah, I mean, Casey, look. 
We are trying to get all of the folks that have been kind enough to join us, and a lot of them are, are here each and every day. I mean, have been with us for a solid year plus now. Just celebrated our anniversary not too long ago. Yep. Right? And we are encouraging all of them. I mean, if you have a business, you want to sponsor the show, you want to be a part of the show, partner with us on this thing, hey, doors are open, right? Doors are open. And we invite you to tell your friends about the show. Because, listen, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not going down that road. I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying that we, we, we try to bring you some serious sports talk. Very we try serious. to bring you a little bit of the irreverent, right? Yep. Right? Some nonsense from time to time. From time to Not time. Not a lot. Not a lot. No, no, no. Very serious sports show. Very serious sports show. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, then that's starting now out. <laughs> what? Look, I don't want serious sports talk show. No. So I can I, turn that's that what stuff this on has and been. drive around, and then the next thing I know, I've, I've just done nothing but circles going around and around. My eyes are just <laughs> rolling up the back of my head. All right. I mean, if you want me to, to be a little more goofy, if you want me and Elliot to, to do some more goofy things, Tom, I think once that can is open. There is more. a time and a place for everything. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Right? Yeah, That's I right. agree. No doubt. No doubt about it. And I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll get into some goofy right now because it, it's time for some mailbag. I think, it's, I, think I have a mailbag. <laughs> I mean, some of these people, For, I mean, there are some, some, there are some, wow. You got to get, you got to watch a show just to get on the chat. I mean, it's insane. Some of this stuff that said that I can't even uh, get into. Tom, what did they say, by the way, real quick, is I had to run out to the restroom before we get to the mailbag real quick. Yeah. You never beat down another man's car. Never. No. Never. never. You I never apologize. do I that. I apologize, Elliot. So did he beat down your car? He did, and that's okay. It, listen, it, I, it sounds like a couple of possums getting killed. That's what it sounds like we're driving down the street. So I, I, I can understand his concern. And, and the, the, issue, the issue has happened for about a week now, a little over a week. I, well, I'm going back into the shop today. Everybody calm down. The, the car's fine. I'm, I'm not killing any possums. Not like Casey does. So everybody calm down. I we're okay. Possums. Can I what apologize? I'm sorry. I... Uh, it's too soon for me right now, but okay. maybe later. <laughs> maybe later I'll forgive you. Okay. Mailbag? Mailbag. Let's go. Here we go. CC. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Nothing like serious sports talk. This is what this show is. That's what this show is. All right. Well, today's letter. Uh, as as everybody knows, you know the rules of this game. Uh, thousands upon thousands. Yep. Send their letters in from classes all around the uh, the area or all around the world, really. Yeah. Uh, today's mailbag comes from sweet little Tony from Mrs. Soprano's class. So Tony just turned eight years old and is a lifelong Jets fan. His, he says his dad hasn't smiled in 15 years because of the Jets. He says they're a disgrace. Tony is wondering if the career of Zach Wilson will be over after this season. And will he be alive, again, he's eight years old, to ever see a Jets World Championship? Little Tony. Little Tony for Mrs. Soprano's class. Did, uh, did, did Zach Wilson play better than Justin Herbert last night? You know mm. what? Uh, Robert Sala said last night, he was asked about it, the head coach of the Jets. He said, look, he said, was this his kid's worst game? He said, not a chance. He said, I thought he did some really good things. I, but when I turned it on to watch it and I asked Casey if he watched it, we were the first two in this morning, and I said to him, I mean, it, it, it's impossible to watch. And if you, if you saw any of the comments made by Garrett Wilson – and the tight end Conklin and some of these guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't want to rip Wilson. 
Because I think he's earned a certain level of respect from some of the guys in the locker room this year that he clearly did not have last year. Right. I think they look at this guy and that he, he is getting better. But my Lord, uh, it's, it's a shame because their defense is a championship-level defense. It's very, very good. It's very, very good. I mean, they've got – you're right. It's championship-level. No doubt about it. But, I, you know, I didn't watch a whole lot of Monday Night Football. I'm just literally looking at the box score. But it looked like Zach Wilson might have – did he play better than – I mean, I know obviously – Well, he fumbled so. twice. He didn't throw a pick. He fumbled twice. His, his, his completion I mean, percentage is pretty good. Threw for, what, 263 yards? 270 yards. 70 completed yards. 34 passes. Yeah. Got sacked uh, eight he, times. But, I mean, like Justin Herbert threw for 130 yards. Sacked eight times. Yeah. That's the big thing. And I talked about this before the season started. That Jets offensive line is miserable. And I know they've got injuries, but there was no depth there to begin with. And they are all injury prone. So I don't really blame Zach Wilson for this game. You can't, you cannot tell me that you can win a football game being sacked eight times unless you're Joe Burrow. And no, I mean, unless you're Joe Burrow. And hey, he got sacked hey, nine times. Hey, that caveat. Got, that's all. It's, Zach Wilson's a bad quarterback. I mean, what are we doing right now? Are we trying Zach, to justify the, the, the play of Zach Wilson? The, 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 no, the Jets, the Jets, the Jets have done historical things on offense in the wrong direction. Yeah. He's a disgusting quarterback. We all know he's garbage. <laughs> the Jets are in this they, spot because they thought they had a franchise quarterback. And and to be fair to the Jets, they thought they had their solution, and they did have it. If Aaron and he got hurt playing this yep. game, they lose anyways. No, that's a yes. ridiculous statement to make. No, because they, they were horrible. They were so horrible on offense. They will, had penalty after I, penalty, say, giving up sack after sack. There you was don't no think that has anything way. to do with the quarterback? I mean, it has a little bit to do with it, but I'm telling uh, you the whole offense uh, in general he is, right is a to, disaster. He is right to a point. Alan Lazard was dropping passes yesterday. C.J. Uzama was dropping passes. But, again, all of this stems from the fact that their quarterback can't throw balls, and he is a bad quarterback. This is the worst quarterback yeah, not, in, the, in the NFL. It's not good. Yeah, I, I mean, what are we arguing? So, so I'm, ask, I'm answering the question. Asking, little, you're not asking the question. Little I'm answering, Tony. You're right. I'm answering the question from Tony Soprano. Uh, no, and, Tony from Mrs. Soprano. Sorry. Class. So I was, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Clean it up I, over I, there. Yeah, I forgot the bit. I forgot the bit. Uh, and, yeah, I do. After this season, this, is, this will be the end of Zach Wilson. There will be no more Zach Wilson in the National Football There's, League. He will take his talents to the CFL if he's good enough there. I think Zach Caleros is still better. But if he wants to go over there and play for the God knows whoever they have, then fine by me. But he's done in the NFL. Literally the only reason Zach, Zach Wilson still exists is because they just had no, like they just assumed, hey, let's at least try to massage this chance of a number two pick or whatever he was. I think he was the second pick. And maybe if he sits behind Aaron Rodgers and, and watches Aaron play for a year, maybe two years with Aaron, maybe, just maybe, he can figure it out. If they would have known, if you would have told the Jets general management and or Robert Sala before the season started that Aaron, that Aaron Rodgers was going to get hurt in the first game, do we think they were going to sit around and be like, oh, let's, we're good with Zach Wilson. We'll, we'll, we'll contend with him. No, they would have got rid of Zach Wilson and found somebody new. Well, they should now have kept stuck. Mike White. Now they're stuck. Well, I mean, Mike White's not, not, not going to the Pro Bowl, but he had some good games. Yeah. He but... at least kept things competitive. And the other thing Casey fails to mention is that when you're an offensive unit, it, is, it, it, it behooves you to have a good defense. They have the best defense, you could say, in the NFL. That should help the offense tremendously. The reason that Justin Herbert didn't play as well as Zach Wilson is because Justin Herbert just so happened to play against the Jets' defense. I would hate to watch practice ones versus ones with the Jets and the Jets' de Jets offense versus the Jets' defense. 
the Jets offense probably doesn't even get a chance to practice. They probably yeah. say, hey, guys, this is over. This is basically a, a, a murder out the, here. Let's, 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 the key, let's the let key, Zach Wilson go against the twos. Yeah, the, the key thing there is you said the offense. That's what I, I'm telling you guys. The offense is the worst offense in the entire NFL. Because but of the quarterback. But Zach Wilson is not the sole reason why they lost. It's the whole offensive that. unit is horrible. I agree with you on that. I mean, nobody would be able I mean, well, I'm not going to say nobody. But, I mean, it, that offensive line, eight sacks? I mean, what are you guys going to say? It's brutal. If, just, can, we, can we at least say this then? Maybe the both of you. I don't know if I'm going to rope Tom in this, but definitely Casey. If Aaron Rodgers comes back on a torn Achilles – and they start winning football games again, are you going to sit there and put your hand up and say I was completely well, wrong? No, about the because, no, because they're, 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 they're four and over four the last right two now. years is, is nine and eight as a Oh, so we're going to change our mind. So, no, so now, so now, no, 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 You're going to sit here and say that the only reason they're not winning football games is because their offense is because their whole offense is bad. You put Aaron Rodgers back there, they start winning games. Now it's like, well, I mean, they won four games. Like, it's either yes or no for me. You can't sit here and say that Zach Wilson isn't the sole reason. You replace just him on the offense, and then all of a sudden they start scoring points did, again. Did you watch the game last night? Did you watch the game? Yes, I watched it from start to finish. Okay. There's no way Aaron Rodgers, with a torn Achilles, well, yeah, would, be able to, would be able to... I mean, that a, line a, got him injured three plays into yes. the... Yes! <laughs> See, Tom? Like, Aaron Rodgers with a torn Achilles wouldn't have been able to do anything. No shit! If, if you took... If you took I, I'm, I, I guess quite a question here. Just saying, Aaron Rodgers, non-torn Achilles, you're telling me they score, what, six points? They maybe score 13. I mean, Does he fumble all over the yard and allow the Chargers to get in a positive field position? Dude, the reason why oh, Zach yeah, Wilson dude. even fumbled the ball is because his offensive line right, collapsed on top of him. What are you talking about right now? Right. What are you talking about? Zach Wilson has a starting quarterback over the last. I year. mean, he's I can't. Ca Casey's out here. He's 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 got the torch for Zach Wilson. It's what it's one of the all-time. I'm all -time not trying to. You're you're sports. making it sound like that's the sole reason. It is. I'm telling you, it is not. They okay. weren't able to run the ball. They can't catch worth a damn, and they can't protect their quarterback. Because regardless, who's back there? Because so you think Aaron Rodgers makes that much of a difference? Yes, I hate I to do. tell you, the whole freaking offensive unit is going to let Aaron Rodgers down. The bottom line is, I think they would play a little bit better they with Rodgers back there, just from a strictly adrenaline and morale standpoint. That and I he agree is going to come back. But any quarterback that gets sacked Crazy. eight times and hit seventeen times. I mean, can Rodgers do better? Rodgers is all the famer, three-time MVP, whatever he is. I mean, you know, he's probably one of the few guys that can make it a little bit better. But he's a human being, and he's what almost forty. He's over. He is forty, right? Guys, I mean, he, he, I mean we see three games, three plays into the season, this guy's running for his life and tears up his Achilles. All right, do we have David Kaplan yet? No, we did not. not I mean, this is. I mean, I, 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 you guys sit here and act like that quarterbacks don't also pretty much to a certain extent influence the offensive play calls and also influence checks at the line, protection at he the can. line. True. All of these things are things that quarterbacks do. Good quarterbacks do. And quarterbacks that are good know what the coverages are, protect themselves, and they get rid of the ball on time, and they make plays. That's what good quarterbacks do. They do. If you want to sit here and convince yourself that Aaron Rodgers on the Jets isn't two or three wins better, you're 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 basically that's not, that's to not a what we're extent, saying though. That's not what we're clues. saying though. That's not what we're saying. Think, that's exactly what here's, you're saying. No, it is not. Here's the thing about <laughs> Zach Zach Wilson's not good, and this is a testament to how good the Jets are. 
starting in the last few years, he's nine and four. He's nine and eight. Like he's got nine a winning eight. record as that a starting something. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a testament to how good the Jets are. That's not a testament to, to Zach Wilson or anything like that. I'm just just pointed out there that he is a winning quarterback over the past two years. Good point. That's Good because point. the Jets have a Super Bowl team. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now without, without a hesitation. You put the Jets' defense on half the league, and half the league yep. would immediately become Super Bowl contenders and or favorites. No doubt. That's correct. They get after the quarterback. But the only thing they don't have, literally, to a certain extent, is an elite quarterback. That's right. And they went out and paid for one or traded for one. Exactly. And, and that's the only reason they have Zach Wilson. And his line let him down in the first, in the first drive. If, if, if the Jets didn't get, like, a simple question. If the Jets didn't get Aaron Rodgers, do you think Zach Wilson would even be on the roster? I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here defending no, Zach Wilson. No, I think you are. Think no, you are. I'm t- I'm, all I'm trying to do is illustrate the game last night was not just Zach Wilson's fault. It is a whole offensive unit sure. issue. And if you want to sit there and act like Aaron Rodgers changes that game, we won't ever know that. But I'll tell you this, it's damn hard to win a football game when you're sacked eight times, when your receivers are going to drop three balls, Garrett Wilson fumbled the ball. I mean, like, what? They can't run worth a damn three yards of carry. Like, what What are we talking about? The, the whole offense. Three yards of unit. carry on it, theoretically, you would never actually not score. If, if you could guarantee me, Casey, that I get three yards of carry every single play, I'd score a touchdown every single drive. That's math, baby. That's math. <laughs> I mean, I mean if, you want, if, you, if you feel comfortable with three yards of carry, be my guest. Be my guest, Trace. All right, I'll let you all have right, that. All right, we've had enough on the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, we're waiting on <laughs> David Kaplan. Yeah. Wait, and by the way, uh, little Tony from Mrs. Prando's class, we thank you for taking the yes. time to write that letter. Yes, absolutely. These kids, they're writing their hearts out, and, and, and I'm, I'm honored to read them. I really am. Uh, we need to give probably some kind of an address. Uh, we have it on the website where kids can write in. But some, we need to get to the teachers to make sure that they are the ones who are encouraging yeah. uh, the little Tonys yep. uh, of the world. And the, and the kid last week, him and his uh, buddy running a, what was it, a, um, a, some kind of cheating operation inside the classroom. Yeah, I believe it was little, it was little uh, Yadier. Uh, and and oh, yeah, from Miss Molina's from Miss Molina's class. Oh my gosh! And and yeah, so that's that's what was happening. I I believe they were running some sort of elaborate uh, cheating ring in their school, but you know it, they got through it. So at the end of the day, speaking speaking of uh, Molina's and, and cheating, you remember when Yadier Molina blocked a ball and the ball stuck to his uh, mm-hmm. chest oh, yeah. protector, literally just stuck to his chest protector and nothing happened. Like that shouldn't happen, Tom. Like he's yeah. he's clearly. Putting pine tar all over his thing, which then can affect the ball to the pitcher, right? I mean, you sure. grab a little pine tar, throw it back to the pitcher and stuff like that. And it, we watched it happen. Mm-hmm. The ball literally stuck to him like it was Velcro. And the, the ump didn't make him change chest protectors. Nothing happened. They just played the game and carried on. Tell you what, Cardinals are going to be a team to watch. Uh, there are a lot of interesting stories coming out of this uh, general manager's meetings in Major League Baseball that begin today, as we mentioned, in Arizona. Um for those of you wondering, and look, you could get into all the rules and regulations of it because teams can tender an offer to a player that is is based on the salary of the top 100 players in the yep. league, and they come up with a random number. This year, that number is not a random number. They come up with an exact number, and that number is almost $21 million for a one-year deal. So you saw yesterday where a lot of players like Shohei Otani 
or Sonny Gray. Uh, there were others where the teams would tender the player who's a free agent a one-year offer. If the player accepts it, okay, then they get the player back for a one-year deal, at whatever it is, and they can continue to negotiate a long-term deal. If the player rejects it, which almost every one of them will do, then you start being able to accumulate compensation picks from that other team that signs that player, and the team that signs that player will lose some compensation picks and will lose an amount of money available in the international pool, an amount of money that each team is given based on their salary and uh, how much they're spending on salary. It's, it, it's just a lot of minutia. But the bottom line is pay no attention to it because none of those players, not a single one of them, uh, is going to sign one of those uh, one-year deals that are being offered up. They're ready to hit the free agent market. Cardinals have already said they are, they are all in. John Mosellock, their president of baseball operations, longtime general manager, says, I'm not watching another year like this past year where they lost over 90 games. The problem is, and this is for the Reds too, okay, there have been, been some rumors, some talk about, you know, would they bring back Sonny Gray? Would they bring back Wade Miley, who opted out of his deal? You know, look, they're looking for a veteran pitcher who's good with young pitchers and all that kind of thing, a stabilizing veteran presence in there. Lance Lynn was cut loose by the Dodgers the other day. There was some talk about him at the trade deadline this year. Um, but look, there are so few guys in this free agent class this year that, you know, th there's going to be a lot of competition for some of these guys, and teams are going to grossly overpay yeah. for a lot of these guys. So the question I have for you before we get to David Kaplan is, are you going to be upset if the Reds do not add a starting pitcher, whether it is, and I mean a good one, I don't mean some journeyman guy that's been around, you know, sub 500 with a 4-7 career ERA. Right. Are you expecting the Reds, or will you be angry with ownership or Nick Crawl, the GM, if they do not acquire a legit veteran starting pitcher to go with these young, talented guys they have already? I, I, yeah, well, I was going to say personally, Tom, I think the Reds should <laughs> Personally, you don't care. Per yeah, personally, that. I think the Reds should absolutely not. Why do I look to you when we start this? You're that's, a baseball that's guy. That's what I'm wondering, Tom. <laughs> so you keep coming over to me for the Reds fans. They Elliot, don't... please. Uh, yeah, I'll be upset. I, you have you, – your, your payroll is essentially uh, – I, I mean I, – it's, it's what, $10 million? I mean, I don't even know how much money. $30 million is what we're at. Spend some money. Get a, get a veteran starter. Get a, get a veteran relief pitcher. Get a, get a power bat in the outfield. Yes, I will be furious if, if Nick Kroll in the Reds' front office don't make a move. I think it'll, 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 it, show, it shows where their true colors lie. Now, saying that, I didn't think they'd get Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader uh, at the very end of last season. I didn't think they'd spend to get those guys. They did. So saying that, I, I, I think they're going to. I will be furious if the Reds do not get anybody. Furious. Because they could look back, Tom. Honest to God, they could look at the seven starters we have, and they could say, you know what? We're good to go. We got, we got Nick Lodolo. We got Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft. Everybody's healthy. Andrew Rabbit, Brandon Williamson. Everybody's healthy. We got our five guys. But – you can't, you can't do it. At some point, you got to try to win. You got to get a veteran arm in there, and, and I think they will. I think that I pray they will. 
who were the two bats that didn't get a qualifying offer? I think it was uh, Jorge Soler, Jorge Soler, and, and uh, Teoscar Her- Hernandez. Hernandez, who I think, I mean, then you don't have to give up draft picks and stuff like that if you do sign them. So that's big. Soler would w- would have monster years in his ball. Monster. Forty plus home runs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trace, you are the co-host of the multi-award winning rendition of Red Chatterbox Reds. I'm not kidding when I say this, this is top ten show nationally, baseball show. That's right. That's right. Top ten in the, in, right. in, on the planet. For a minute, yep. After Al Gore invented the internet, he had no idea the success of Chatterbox Reds was coming around the corner. Will you be upset? The question I just asked that. Yeah, I'd be upset. I, I, I've already made a foregone conclusion in my mind that they're going to do that, which I guess leads me to the opportunity of being extremely upset if they don't. Um, they're going to spend some money. The question is, is are they going to spend it in the right places? And I know Elliot and many people might say, well, they got all these, they got, you know, seven you know, starters that you could say that they could go into next year and feel somewhat confident in. Well, I'd also say that all seven of those guys have proven at some point that there's a reason as to why we're still talking about possibly adding a starter. So I don't think it's a question of whether or not they will. It's a matter of who they're going to go get. And um, I've said it many times, Tom, this, this ownership group has spent money in the past. They've just made mistakes when they spent it. So I'm hopeful that Nick Crawl will help them spend it in the right places now. So when you say they've spent money poorly, I mean, we could look at Mike Moustakis for an example, right? Yep, that's one. Okay. Uh, I Homer Bailey. The, what's that? Homer oh. Bailey is much. I mean, I'm not trying to crush the guy, but okay. just saying that's okay. It's not a really good spin. But they gave big money to Votto. Yeah, and I think deal. that that's a, that's, a, that's a fair argument some may make about the Votto situation. I, don't, I think that's actually good money spent because ultimately mm-hmm. I, I – Point is, the way that I look at it is, would you be able to say that more than half the league would take that deal if you offered it to them? And without question, more than half the league would say... Oh, I would want money well spent, for sure. But you could also make the case, I think fairly, that should a franchise, if they're going to be in the the financial strains that the, the Reds might find themselves in, should they spend that much money on a position like first base where you could... You could argue that you might be able to go out and find it's, it's it's a bigger depth pool is what I'm getting at right at first base you can find more and more quality first baseman than you can a perennial shortstop or a elite level ace. I'm not downplaying what Joey Votto was and he shouldn't have got paid. Joey Votto was a great contract, um, but you could also argue why it wasn't in a very very weird semantical way. And Shogo Akiyama was a failure as well. So there's a, there's there's a bunch of contracts. Yeah, out there and I don't know if Shogo set him back, but you can't. I, I just like. But here's but here's my thing. It, he it, didn't set him back. He didn't make enough money to set him back. He right. made good money. He didn't make stupid money. He didn't make stupid money. No. I, I. But at some point, the Reds have to spend, and when those contracts fail, because the, all, uh, there's a lot of contracts in Major League Baseball that fail. You can't give up. You can't abandon ship. Because two contracts didn't work out. And that's what the Reds have done the past five seasons. Is when, it, when, when, when times get tough, you forfeit and you, and you go all in on a rebuild. They've, they've rebuilt three times in six years. That's, and that's where they are. And, and this time it's working. The, 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 the third yeah. time's the charm. We'll see. It's, we'll see. As it's of right now, right. It's, it's trending right. <laughs> as of right now, it's good. But, it, but Tom just said it. The Cardinals are going to be good next season. This fluke year by the Cardinals, it, you, you, you bet your ass that the Cardinals are going to be good next year. 
The the uh, not the Colts. My God, the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs are going to be good next yeah. year. So the Brewers are dead. The Pirates are are frisky. I wouldn't say they're good, but they're certainly frisky. They're competitive. I it's just, it's Pir- still a tough. It's still a tough division. The Pirates Pir- are better than the Cardinals. The Pirates are a step oh, behind so. the the Reds in like a step. Like they are they are. They're very the Pirates. They're never going to be anything. That's they're the Pirates. They're the Pirates. I mean, they're not going anywhere ever. Uh, they, they have ownership. If you think the ownership here, if people get on the ownership here, I mean, the ownership here is demonstrated multiple times. I'm not saying it's the best ownership, but they have they have they have they have proven multiple times uh, over the length of this ownership group. Now they have more losses and wins. They've had some terrible teams. They've terrible teams. But they've also stepped up on some years and said, "All right, we're going to go for it." As a small market team, the Pirates will never do that. Never. Now, here's a name that I keep coming back to, and it's brought up again in the chat. We've learned a lot about the other side of the story. As Harry Carey used to say to me all the time, Thomas, don't ever forget, there are three sides to every story. Your side, my side, and the truth. Trevor Bauer. Now, all of a sudden, he wasn't allowed to, you know, lay out all of this stuff because he he was prevented from doing so. And now he has stepped up and, and he's laid it all out there for the world to see. At least his version or his side of this story. And really, when you, when, you, when you sit down and you go back to the accusations, and I'm in no form or fashion standing up for Trevor Bauer and saying he's some good guy or whatever. I have no idea what he is. I don't know. But I do know that he was able to share, at least from his point of view, and these weren't like made-up stuff or it's hearsay stuff. He's got like pictures of text and all that kind of stuff back and forth of some of the things that went on, which he was not allowed to do. So again, I'm not defending him. But would you be angry with the Reds if they said, you know what, we're not going to trade any prospects. Uh, You know, I I doubt that the same rules apply from a, a compensation pick. They can't if you sign a guy who's coming over from Japan, which he is, right? Yep. Would you be in favor or vehemently against or somewhere in between the Reds signing Trevor Bauer. If Trevor Bauer is going to be on the open market, then, yeah, the Reds should absolutely be on him. He's already had success here. He's going to get a discounted rate for, for the pitcher that he was. So he's absolutely someone the Reds should go after. It would be the price. I, I would look at the price because, I again, these allegations, he has, he has, you know, he's beaten them as of right now. But whenever these things happen, I am concerned that another one will pop up, and then you lose your pitcher after you just paid him again. So I, I would do it. I would be cautious, but I would do it at this moment if, if he were available. I wouldn't do it for a ton of money. If it was sub $10 million, I'd probably do it. Trace? I mean, I don't know if you know anything about uh, X.com, Tom, but there was a point in the season last year where the Cincinnati Reds needed starting pitching. There was a guy pitching – overseas that was throwing the ball really, really well. And um, I suggested that the Reds should think about it, and I got crushed for it. I was called everything under the sun. Turns out the guy, um, so far at least, has been innocent. 
And at this point in this country, it feels like we're in a position where nobody wants to stick their stick their neck out and uh, I don't want to say do the right thing, but uh, do what you would want someone else to do for you if you were in the same spot, especially if you were innocent. And uh, for whatever reason, corporate America seems to be behind the eight ball on that. But you know what? Uh, whoever does sign Trevor Bauer, um, it'll be a lightning rod situation and you're going to split the fan base. Some are going to think that it's ridiculous and terrible and some are going to think that it's great, but... Just like if Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland and wins the Super Bowl there, same thing with Trevor Bauer. And I'm not comparing the two because I think that Deshaun Watson is much, much different than Trevor Bauer personally. That's my own opinion, obviously. But uh, if Trevor Bauer to pitch well in any city, no one would give a damn. No one would give a damn about any of the allegations. In, well, I mean, in that was the next question I was going to ask. Just, they the they wouldn't care, the day, Tom. Do you think, and look, these are the things they sit around and talk about in offices, right? Corporate America, in this case. Uh, the offices of ownership and Major League Baseball team, they all have to sit around and they have to ask themselves the question, what will be the financial impact from a negative impact, if any at all? What will be the impact if we sign Trevor Bauer? Do you, if the Reds sign Trevor Bauer? They're asking themselves this question. None. And, and every team. Do you, know, do you think you can get away with signing him in a smaller market than a bigger market? Do you think there would be fans who all of a sudden have season tickets that say, you know what, I don't believe a word of anything he said, this guy is a pig. And I'm not going to any more Reds games if they sign this guy. Do you think that there would be a significant number of people who would stop going to the Reds games compared to what potentially could be and not everything has to come down to money, but I'm just asking you, these are money people. They're talking about money a lot. They are. Right? Yes. I mean, they are. You can say whatever you want to say, right? It's like Troy Aikman. Again, I bring up his name. I had a conversation with Jerry Jones years ago, and I walked over to Troy where at the Cowboys practice. I'm like, man, what a great dude. He said, dude, don't ever, ever be mistaken when you talk to these owners of any team. They are sharks in the water. Mm -hmm. If they can chew you up and spit you out, and then drink your blood when they're done. Every one of them will do it. Don't ever be fooled. So they're talking about money. Is David ready to go? I think he's setting he's them up now. On it. Okay. Um, so I'd be, I'd be cautious with Trevor Bauer. I'd be cautious. I know. What is there to lose, Elliot? Talk me through that one. I don't. Again, yeah, I don't think I, you're going to lose fans. I don't think you're going to lose. I, fans. I, no, no, no. You're not going to lose fans. I'm saying. I, I, I'm saying that at some point another allegation could pop so up. So you can write a contract. Probably, clearly, you could write a contract that would be. You know, there, there's clauses in there that just so happen to say that if there's an issue, you don't get paid. That's fair. And, and if that happens, I, I wouldn't even be concerned with that. I, I want a pitcher, right? If you're paying for a pitcher, I want a veteran pitcher. I don't want him taken away from me halfway through the season because of another allegation. Same that as an be, injury, though. Huh? And, and we'll circle back. I know. And it's, it's a risk, but it's another risk. We're going to circle back to this in a minute because we got David Kaplan lined up, ESPN 1000. I mean, he's the man. He is Mr. Chicago Sports, television and radio, has been forever. Um, you know, I remember when he was schlepping around with me back in the old days in our 20s, and look at him now. Cap man, how are you today, brother? I'm doing great, man. I got Craig Council as my manager. Our city oh. is excited. Milwaukee is crying in their beer. It's awesome. Now, let me ask you in all seriousness here. Um, were you as shocked as everybody else was? I mean, I, I had my brother-in-law text me from Chicago yesterday afternoon 
He's like, your boy's coming to Chicago. I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. I wasn't on the internet or anything. Were you as shocked or, or did you think there might be something going on? Because you're really dialed into that whole thing. No, I'll be honest. We were all shocked. And I, when I see Jed, I'm going to shake his hand and say, you beat us on this one. He kept it deathly silent. And what really ticks me off is my high school teammate is Craig Council's agent. And I called him. He's like, I was sworn to secrecy, man. Couldn't tell anybody. Uh, this huh. is a baller move. Baller. This is, okay, that Milwaukee thing, that's cute. Come on down here. $40 million. They've got a willingness to spend payroll. They just cleared almost $50 million off with Hayward's contract falling off finally and Stroman surprisingly opting out Marcus Stroman. And they're going to be all in, man. I'm not telling you they're getting Otani and Soto and eight others. They got top five farm system. They got maybe the best manager in the game, certainly top five. They got good young players, three gold glove winners. Let's go, baby. It's going to be everybody's oh worst God. nightmare. The Cubbies are coming again. I'm about to get sick. One of our co-hosts of the program here, Reed Mouse, he's a big Cubby guy, so we got to listen to this nonsense 24-7 all summer long. But look, um, you know, we've, we've gotten into this in the last 10, 15 years, this whole analytics world, right? And a lot of that analytics crowd would argue that, hey, really, you know, they ask the question all the time and they try to qualify or to quantify it. Well, I mean, how much of a difference can a manager make? You know, you've seen counsel head-to-head. I read that Jed Hoyer from afar was always marveled at watching him with, with less talent, lesser payroll, the way he made moves during the game, the, the things he did inside that Milwaukee clubhouse. What do you think counsel has a potential to bring here? It's no knock on David Ross, but it was his first journey down this trail as a big league manager. The team faded down the stretch last year. What can Council potentially bring to them that maybe they haven't had since, say, Joe Madden? Well, I believe that analytics had a lot to do with David's decisions. Not all his analytics. I think they absolutely said, oh, by the way, here's your optimal lineup. That's not going to fly with Craig Council. Now, he'll play nice in the sandbox, but he has 40 million reasons why he's the boss in that dugout. So I fully believe we're upgrading here. And I like David Ross very much. Good person. I think he's a good baseball man. He was well-respected. His guys played hard for him. This is just simply, hey, man, here's your money. Thanks for coming. But we're upgrading. If you have a good right fielder and all of a sudden you get a better right fielder, you get the better right fielder. We just upgraded in a big way. He's arguably top three managers in baseball. Okay. Now, now you mentioned Stroman. Okay, he's opted out of the last mm-hmm. year. When he was healthy this year, guy was a good pitcher, right? All-star. Uh, yep. Cody Bellinger is uh, a free agent. Mm-hmm. So, look, Council's walking in the door with less than maybe an optimum roster, but you think the Cubs are going to be big-time players in a free agent market? I do. I think they're going to make trades. I think they're going to be in the free agent market. Wouldn't stun me if they're in the Juan Soto discussions if he gets moved. Um, look, Tom. They, last year, Tom Ricketts said, enough with the rebuild. Here's the checkbook. Let's go. And that's a fact. He literally walked into Jed's office and said, yeah, that's a cute model. No. No. Sorry. We're not trading away guys again. And they didn't trade Bellinger at the deadline. Dansby Swanson said, we're building a culture of winning in here. You cannot trade our guys away. 
And they fell short because they didn't add on enough at the deadline in the bullpen. And this is a big upgrade. Again, uh, Candelario's a free agent. Bellinger's a free agent. But they have a big-time farm system coming, and they are going to spend money. Is that Otani? Jesse Rogers reported today he thinks the Cubs, among people he's talking to at the GM meetings, the Cubs are the dark horse to get Otani. I don't think they're spending $500 million. I don't. But I do think they'll take that $500 million and go, hmm, maybe Matt Chapman should be our third baseman, or maybe this guy should be our first baseman, or maybe we trade for Pete Alonso. They are all in to try and win the World Series in the next couple of years. All right, last thing I want to ask you. I'm curious your opinion because we were talking about this before you joined the show, and I know you're busy. you got a lot going on. But just, just, I'm just curious your opinion because you've been around sports a long, 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 long time. You know, I, I made the reference that Harry Carey used to say all the time, there are three sides to every story, your side, my side, and the mm-hmm. truth. Okay, we heard so much about mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer and all the things that he allegedly did, right? Then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they got through mm-hmm. all that, and he comes out with a lot of evidence that says, hey, I wasn't allowed to show this to the world, but here it is. This is what I got. That's his version of the story. What do you think mm-hmm. about the Cubs signing Trevor Bauer? Now, it's a big city. Zero chance. Zero. Why? Scumbag. And whether what's reported is true is not true. People that have been in that clubhouse with him in multiple cities said, bad teammate, bad, bad, bad. I talked to somebody on the Dodgers who said, dude, we'd take a collection up just to get him out of the room. Bad guy. I don't care if he goes 26 and 0. I don't want him. Just for the same reason that because I believe he cheated, I wouldn't take Jim Harbaugh if he paid us $10 million a year. And two months ago, before this broke, I was leading the charge to get this guy Eberflus out of here and bring Harbaugh in. No thank you. I want to win, but I also want to have some class about how I win. Trevor Bauer, no shot. All right, last thing, since you brought it up, because, I mean, look, it's the hot rumor, and that's Harbaugh. I mean, you and I were working there at WGN. He'd come in every Tuesday, and we'd tape the Jim Harbaugh show when he was a quarterback of the team, right? I mean, you know, yep. uh, you're right there. Uh, the offices of the Big Ten, rumors already that Tony Petiti, the, gen- the, uh, the commissioner of the Big Ten, is, gonna, is going to impose some kind of sanctions against Michigan. W- 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 you know, what's the story there in Chicago? It, 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 do you think there's a chance they would still go out and bring in Harbaugh? Because a lot of people think that an NFL team would. There may be some. Maybe Mark Davis would. I would hope my favorite football team does not do that. Because if you truly did what is alleged and you were holding a made hand in Vegas because you cheated, that'd be like me getting my hand on 50 ppm meters to determine radio ratings and putting them on the ceiling fans in my house. And they're going around and around. Holy cow, this guy's ratings are insane. Well, actually, that would be cheating. But nobody knows, so who cares? I'd have to look at the man in the mirror, me. I can't hire Jim Harbaugh. If he's at all a party to what went on, scumbag. Bye-bye, out. Ohio State, huh, you can't beat him, do you cheat? No. Pass. All right. Catman, thanks for your time, brother. I know you're busy. You're the best. Love you, man. I'll talk to you soon. You're the best. And by the way, the Cubbies are coming, tra-la, tra-la. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tell that all to right. your dad. Yeah, I'll tell them. I'll tell them. All right. Have a good day, Cap. 
He's a piece of work, man. I get a big kick out of him. That's the stuff you get in Chi Town. You know right. what I mean? Chi Town. Chi Town. You don't get this milk toast tired stuff like me. You, you, you I mean you get some? You get some? You know, some fire in there. No doubt about it. I was surprised by his, his Bauer reaction. Like, I mean that that is the word on the street on Bauer now. I mean I'm not talking about the the, the term he used, but I'm saying that he is not a good teammate. If you wanted to bring in the veteran pitcher like we've talked about that's good with young pitchers, I'm not so sure that Bauer would be that guy. But maybe, and I say maybe because I sincerely mean this, maybe after everything that he has been through in the last three years, where basically he has been completely blackballed by society, blackballed by Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball, and I am convinced to this day that Trevor Bauer is going to file a multi- million dollar lawsuit against major league baseball and i think he's going to win yeah but that's for a different story in a different time but that is the word on bauer is that he is not a good teammate yeah that's that's what was reported about him back when he's at ucla that's what was reported for him in cleveland and he obviously just told the story about him and the dodgers i don't think anything really came out in cincinnati listen you you asked the question earlier tom if the Reds signed Trevor Bauer, would people not show up to the ballpark? In Cincinnati, I don't think you'd have that big of a problem. Truly, I don't think you'd have a big, that big of a problem. And, and not to get into you know politics and right, all those fears, right. but I think you'd have a much bigger problem with, with Trevor Bauer playing in a city like Chicago than you would somewhere like Cincinnati. So it, it's as short as that. And I think part of the charm of, of, a, of a Reds getting Trevor Bauer as opposed to the Cubs is that you can get them in the bargain bin, right? You can get a great pitcher for cheaper. The Cubs don't have to worry about that. I mean, they, they just paid uh, a manager $8 million a year. They don't have to worry about that as where the Reds do. And Trevor Bauer also is the Reds' only Cy Young winner. So I, right, I, he's, I, he's, he has a history here. So I, I, I think he would be welcomed. I don't think he would be uh, ostracized. But the, 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 the bad teammate thing has been a thing. I think Miguel Montero, I just looked it up. Miguel Montero had issues with him back in Cleveland. So I... Again, the, the Trevor Bauer thing, I would be very cautious if you actively pursue this guy, not because of, of the allegations there, but usually when, when one allegation comes, another follows. And that's what I'd be concerned with. And yeah. you'd be paying a guy who would not be there for the whole year because of another allegation. I'm not saying the allegations are true or not. They, they, he proved they weren't true. But if another one came up, I'm saying, either way, I, I don't think it's worth the hassle. Okay. If, he, if you get him for cheap, Tom, you get him. Okay. But if you don't, I, I'd move on. In, All right. And as for Trevor Bauer to the Cubs, he already did his service to the Cubs because he lost three games in the World Series of 2016 when he was pitching for the Cleveland. Oh, yeah. There he goes. So uh, he already did his service for the Northsiders. Okay, okay. All right. Is now, anyone going to bring up the fact four. that Mookie Betts said something nice about the guy? What's that? Is anybody going to bring up the fact that Mookie Betts said something nice about the guy? What did he say? He said that he thought that Trevor Bauer is a great teammate and that he hopes that he gets another chance. But nobody wants to bring that shit up because why? Well, that's just too positive. We want to talk about the negative things about somebody. And I also think what Tom said is 100% true. I just find it hilarious how somehow you, and I'm not saying you specifically, but everyone just brings up the fact that this guy, they just don't like the guy, Tom. That's fine. If you don't like the comments he's made in the past, you don't like his flamboyant nature, you don't like the fact that he makes YouTube videos and he's a little bit against the grain, then that's fine. Just come out and say it. But to say he's a bad teammate and it's been... It's been 100% factual that everywhere he's winning, he's been a bad teammate. Tom, you know this as much as anybody. How many people come out of the woodworks when you're in a controversial subject and try to defend you when, you're, when, when, it, when it serves no purpose for you? 
How many teammates in Major League Baseball are going to come out and say, yeah, we, you know what? I like Trevor. I, I really enjoy yeah. Trevor when he's got all these allegations against him. That's right. Like, take your head out of the sand for half a second and just think to yourself, maybe, just maybe, some people are protecting themselves. And I, you know what I hope? I don't know why I've turned into a Trevor Bauer fanboy at this point because I'm not trying to be that. But it's like... It's 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 like no one ever deserves a second chance, and you can't change as a person in this country anymore. The it's impossible. The, the, it's impossible. The you know, the guy the guy went through hell and back, and now all of a sudden he's just going to be a bad guy forever, and he can't go and possibly help win football. I hope he goes somewhere, and I hope he pitches his ass off. The that, bad let, the, the bad teammate allegations, to be clear, have came before the other allegations. Right. That was that was dating all the way back to UCLA. Yes. That was right. back to 2019 when he was and, traded. And, and, do you think, and I'm not. I know personally, back when I was in my my 20s, there was times when I was a douchebag. So yeah, if you want to if you want to go back to your life and think to yourself that you are just the greatest person of all time all the time and you can't change then I guess that's a you thing, and I'm congratulations to you. Listen, Not specifically you, but just, <laughs> that's your thought process. Well, I I, say, last point here, and then we're getting into uh, buy or sell. Okay, last point I was going to say was, I once again, I said it earlier, is that if Trevor Bauer is available to play, the Reds should absolutely be calling him up because that is a guy that has had history here. He, he's had success here, and you're going to get him for much cheaper than he's worth. He is absolutely a guy that the Reds should go after. But for, for other teams, I don't know. Okay. All right, let's get to buy or sell. Are we ready? Yeah. You got yeah. the buttons ready to go, Casey? Buy, buy, buy! Sell, sell, or, sell. Nice. Okay, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> Lay it out there, Reed Mouse. Let's do it. All right. Buy or sell, Tom. First one is uh, talked about the, the best division in football. That is the AFC North. Buying or selling, the AFC North will have three postseason teams. Tom, you buying or selling that? Hit buy, buy, buy. Buy, buy, buy! There it is right there. It will be the Ravens, Bengalis, and Brownies. All right, he's saying there's going to be three three postseason teams. He's buying that. Ellie, you buying or selling? I'm buying all the way. Buy, I buy, think buy. the Browns win this division. I think the Ravens come in second. I think the Bengals come in third. I think people are, are, are negating the old Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit too much. I don't know who the three teams are going to be, but I think this is absolutely a buy. You look buy, at buy, the, buy. the current slate of the AFC North or the AFC as a, as a as a whole and when the Bengals are sitting at 5 and 3 in our last place, when you're looking at the the current every other playoff team I think the AFC North is going to get three teams, no doubt about it. Casey, Trace, buying or selling? A buy for everything that's already really been said. I don't want to buy, buy, buy. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm buying this. I think that the AFC North is the best team or best division in football right now, and it's not even close. So I think it's probably going to be Ravens, Browns, Bengals. I agree with Casey. All right, so the last – we got two more AFC North things. We'll end with that. But before we get there, I think one of the best stories – from this past weekend, and really the best, one of the best stories in, in the NFL this year is the resurgence of a, of a Josh Dobbs, who has played. I know he hasn't won a whole lot of games, but he goes into Minnesota and uh, wins a game in his first thing. Can Josh Dobbs carry the Vikes to the postseason? Elliot, you buying or selling that Josh Dobbs can get Minnesota into the postseason? I, yesterday, or a couple weeks ago, I would have said no. Uh, today, I say yes. I think the NFC, again, bad. Bye, bye, it's, bye. Just, it's just bad everywhere you look. Uh, the, the Lions and, and the Vikings have the North. The South, it's going to be one team, probably the Saints. In the East, it's Eagles, Cowboys. In the West, it's going to be 49ers, Seahawks. That's your seven. So I think Vikings get in, and I don't think it's – honestly, I don't think it's going to be close. I think there's going to be the top seven, and then there's going to be the bottom. After starting one and four, the Vikings have won four consecutive games, one with Josh Dobbs, who he doesn't even know who the hell he was throwing to, Tom. That's right. Didn't, didn't even didn't, know their name. Didn't know their names. Was right. just Was just tossing them down. That's right. I'm buying that Josh Dobbs bye, can bye. get the Vikings in the postseason in the NFC. Hit the same button again. Bye, bye, bye. I'm in. Trace, Casey. I'll tell you what. I'm all the way in on that. Bye, I bye, think bye. I'm buying this. <laughs> Justin buy Jefferson. Day, maybe. Justin Jefferson's coming back. 
and you look at the next four games, it's Saints, which is tough, but then the Broncos, Bears, and Raiders. And then they play the Bengals, Lions, and Packers in the Lions game. I think you can probably find four or five wins out of that. So I'm buying. This is a tough one. Um, I'll sell just to be sell, sell, sell. Wow. I think that it's clo- I think it's close. Um, it is close. It, it's close, and I, I think that they are. I mean, as much as we want to sit here and suggest that perhaps that they've figured it out, this, that, and the nature, but the truth is they're also one play away from having literally no quarterback again. And if that happens, then it's clearly they're going to be in a position where they're probably not going to be favored for the rest of the year. Maybe you could argue they might be favored twice. Yep. Um, so I will – that's probably even money, I would think, if that, okay, was, in yeah, the, if that was in the Betfred Sportsbook. I agree right. with that. Fair right. enough. Okay. All right. Uh, We'll go to this one. I think this was a question. Did that... you buy or sell that one, Elliot? He yeah, both both. Okay, I want to make sure. I want to make sure. We got a lot, lot going on here. Just, right, go ahead. We're just swiping. Tom. All right, we're go ahead. Things left and right. This is a question proposed by the boss, Trace. He says, are the Steelers the worst five-win team in the NFL? There's currently 15 teams in the NFL with five wins. Are the Steelers the worst, Tom? Are you buying or selling that they are the worst, I guess? Is oh, I'm selling. Sell, sell, sell. For sure. I mean, they have, you look at some of these other five win teams out there, Minnesota, we were just talking about New Orleans, some of these other teams, they do not have something that you can just hang your hat on. And the Steelers have something you can hang your hat on. And that is playing defense. They can play defense and get after the quarterback. Period. No doubt about it. You don't watch the offense, though. Well, <laughs> I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying, you know, I mean, do do they're terrible on offense. They have so far been terrible. But going back to what you said, you know, last week, mm-hmm. something happens in the fourth quarter to Kenny Pickett. He stinks a joint up for three quarters. Looks terrible. And then all of a sudden, the defense keeps him in it. He makes a few plays, touchdown drive near the end. They win 16 to 10. Right? right? They, they just seem, every time you look up at the scoreboard at the end of the game, you're like, oh, the Steelers scored more points than us. They That's exactly game. right. There's something That's magical right. about That's right. All right. We'll go to this side of the room. You buying or selling that the Steelers are the worst five-win team in the National Football League? I seen that the Packers were three-point uh, underdogs against the Steelers, and I immediately thought to myself, this is the worst five-win team in the NFL. If, if, you're, if you're only giving the Packers three points um, at home, I know that you shouldn't use everything with Vegas. However... I'm looking back at their schedule, guys. I just don't understand. I don't understand how they beat the Ravens. That's the one that where I maybe maybe I have to like take back this take. Division that one games. doesn't make sense. The rest of them I can justify slightly. The Browns completely browned the game earlier this year. They the Browns completely dominated the Steelers and they found a way to lose it. Um, and then obviously you have the Raiders with McDaniel's. They got slaughtered by the Texans. They somehow beat the Ravens. Can't figure that one out. Then they played the the lowly Rams. They got uh, beat by the Jags, and then they, they snuck by the Titans last week. I would say they are the worst five-win team. Okay. Uh, man, I, uh, this one's tough for me because I think their defense is phenomenal. It's about how much you really truly believe in their offense. And if I'm looking at all the other five-win teams, I, I, I have to agree. I think, I think this is the worst five-win team. I'm buying this. The Saints, I think they can figure it out. They have a really great defense, but I think that offensively that, you know, they got Alvin Kamara still. They got Michael Thomas, Olave, Derek Carr. 
whether you like him or not, yeah. he can yeah. he can fair. ball out That's from fair. time to time. I don't think Pittsburgh can do that. I don't think that they can have these one-off games that just wow you. Okay. So. Elliot? Yeah, if you look at the three five-win teams I'm looking at, it's the Steelers, it's the Saints, and it's the Vikings. The Vikings, I would say, are worse. So, I, I for that reason uh, alone, That's I'm going I, I think I think the Vikings are the worst team. Is Josh Dobbs better than than Kenny Pickett? He absolutely is. I would absolutely rather have Josh Dobbs. <laughs> well, the Steelers let him walk out the door. That's, That's true. true. They That's got rid true. of him. Let's That's not true. forget that. That's, That's where true. he played. I'm uh as for me, listen, I'm selling this because so, I'm looking so, so. at the Steelers. They play in the best division in football, and I've never felt more confident about something than saying the Steelers are a nine and eight football team. Like they're going to go exactly nine and eight this year, and. I, if you're doing that in the best division in football, there's no way you're the worst team. I think the Saints are worse. I think the Vikings are worse. I think the Cowboys are worse. I'm just kidding about that one. But uh, <laughs> Cowboys are similar. Cowboys are similar. They have obviously a way better quarterback and, and, yeah. and better options as well on the offensive side. But it's, they're very similar. Defensive-laden team. I, I Listen, I can see the Steelers finishing better than the Browns. I know that might be a little crazy, but I, I just think that the Steelers, just like I said, there's something – Something about that jersey. Yep. Something about playing in Heinz Field yep. that you, and that you, coach. you play this just drudge of a game that looks just disgusting. And you're like, we've held their offense to nothing. Then then the clock ticks to zero, and you look up at the scoreboard, and you're like, oh, the Steelers beat us. What the hell yep, happened? That's right. And I don't know what it is about them, but they just do that. So I'm, I'm selling that they're the worst okay. team in football. Sell, sell, sell. Worst sell, sell, sell. And then the last question also stays in the AFC North. Tom, is anybody playing better than the Ravens? The Ravens are the best team in the league. Are you buying or selling? Them? I am buy, buy, buy. buy. buy, buy. All right. I mean, they've had a ton of injuries, and they just keep on rolling. Again, that's another team, not to the extent historically of the Steelers, but over the last 25 years, you put on that jersey and something happens. Mm -hmm. They've got it going on. No doubt. They're very, very well coached. Um, they, they overcome injuries. They're able to change the way they play. Uh, due to those injuries over the course of the year, absolutely right now, if I were a betting man to bet one team to win the Super Bowl, I would bet on the Baltimore Ravens. If Lamar Jackson is healthy, so that is a buy. Yeah, I'll come. You want to go, Ellie? I, well, I was going to go. I, I'm going to sell that they're not the best team in the league. Sell, the Philadelphia sell, sell. Eagles are the best team in the league. Who? The, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. They okay. are the best team in the, they are the, okay. best team in the NFL. Uh, and that's based on the record. That's based on the talent they have on the offensive side of the football. I think Lamar Jackson should be considered the front runner for the MVP this season. Without Lamar Jackson, that team stinks. They have no receivers, absolutely none. Odell Beckham Jr. is going back to that Titans game. Well, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. Odell, or Lamar just has nobody to throw to. Do you have money on that game? He has Mark. An what do you think? Yeah, of course I do. I, Mark Andrews is literally the only person they have. So yeah, I, I'd I'd be concerned a little bit that eventually down the stretch, when you need a when you need a ball to be caught, you're not going to have that with Rashad Bateman. That's no disrespect. But that's, I'm just telling them how it is. They, they, they don't have a lot of uh, weapons uh, in the receiving game, and they've got Gus Edwards leading the way uh, on the running back position. But I think, they're good. I think they're damn good. Not the best team in the league. Yeah, when I look at I, I'm, I'm I am buying this at this very moment because when you look ah, around the league, and I think the Eagles are playing incredible football right now. I think the Chiefs have left a little to be desired, but they still have the, the best record in the AFC tied along with the Ravens. But the Ravens, they lead the league in point differential. They've beaten multiple Good teams. They beat the Bengals, who have five wins now. They beat the Browns, who have five wins. They beat the Lions and the Seahawks, all winning teams. 
when Lamar Jackson's on the field, yep. this Ravens team is as complete as it gets. Yep. They can run the ball, and, and I think Lamar Jackson is underrated as a thrower. And, yeah, there are some concerns, as Elliot keeps bringing up, about the weapons, and they're, they're actively trying to get better in the draft. They're, they're, they're signing Odell Beckham. They're trying to put the, the proper pieces around um, Lamar so that they win. When Lamar Jackson's on that field, they're the best team in the league, and, and, and it's showing. I mean, they, they've now beaten – they've scored 30 points in three consecutive games and blown out almost every single team. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think they're the best team in the NFL at this very moment. Right. If, they, if they won a Super Bowl, would that shut up all the Lamar haters? Well, yeah, that's the thing is I don't think that Lamar gets enough – like, Lamar hasn't succeeded a lot in the postseason. He has one playoff win against a bad Titans team. But they wanted to see more because he won the MVP. They were 13-3 and back in 2019, and they lost. Right, and yeah. they just want to see more. I, I just think his his availability, if he's on the field, they're, they're just very good. We'll go to that side of the room. Buying or selling Casey? Um, so this is how I, I would view it right now at this very moment. I think the Ravens are number one best team playing at the current moment. But I genuinely, and this is not a homer take, there are stats and statistics to back this up. The last three weeks, the Bengals have been playing phenomenally. What are we doing? They, they've been top top five in expected yes, points per average. They've all been playing very well. I, I'm putting the Bengals at two. So I think it's honestly going to come down to a couple weeks from now. I really do think that those two teams, the Bengals versus the Ravens. So the 8-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles are below the, the Bengalis. At the current moment, I would I would say yes. <laughs> How would you say Trace, at the current moment? Trace, Trace. They've got to go 16-1. and one. <laughs> I mean, no, I actually, before Casey said that, I was going to say, you know, you could make the argument that it's so close that, that the Ravens, I'm not buying the, as someone that has defended the Browns in this room a lot, I'm not buying the, the Elliott Browns are going to win the North type talk. However, I could easily make the case that the, the Ravens aren't the best team in their own division. And I think the Bengals, you could argue, are that because if Joe Burrow was healthy and Joe Burrow has been what he's been the past few weeks, their record's completely different. And I think that they probably win that game at home against the Ravens. We're having a completely different conversation about two teams that are vastly different. If you're going to sit here and convince me that, that who would I put my hard-earned money on? Would I put my hard-earned money on the Bengals, who in the playoffs have shown that they've ri risen to the occasion, or the Ravens? Um, I would take the Bengals. Yep. So it's hard for me to sit here and say the Ravens are the best team in the NFL, especially if you're going to include the Eagles. So my answer would be, I guess, I'm selling that. Or okay. The sell, 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 sell. Yeah. All right. All right. We're down to the final uh, minute here. Do we have a cherry on top? Because we have got a major league premiere coming up in less than two minutes. Yeah. Pummeling at the Potter's Field. Yeah. Put in the chat, put in the chat who you think will win, me or Sean, and, and, and we'll see at the end. If you believe in me. As you might not, after watching the last golf videos, that's fine. But if you believe in me, put your love in the chat. If you believe in Sean, put your love for him in the chat. Okay. And, we'll, and, that's, and that's what we got. We got two minutes till the, the world premiere. Potter's National. Yes. Harry yes. Potter. Yes. Yeah. Is I there a burial video, ground over there somewhere? Reed? I think I asked you this before. No. Well, that's uh, what a Potter's Field is, right? Isn't that the old English kind of term for it? Right? Yeah. Harry Potter. I... Pot Potter is named after the guy who donated the land. I got you. Okay. All right. Is he alive? That was 120 years ago, so no. Well, well you never know. You never know. You never know. Um, Could be a wizard, after all. Do we have any uh, cherry on top? The cherry on the top, cherry on top, the top is the video. Is the premiere. Yeah. Well, natural. Now, look. 
some have asked in the chat. Marty Brenneman is not on tomorrow. He's yet on another vacation. Uh, they are down at Disney World of all places. And I don't know if you saw the story today about some of the stuff going on at Disney World. Don't there are people me. going to the bathroom in line. Don't tell me. It man. is a really bad story. I mean, I read it this morning and almost, almost got sick. Uh, it, it, trying to put myself in that line. Uh, I don't know what in the world is going on down there with some people. But anyway, uh, so he's down there. Good for him. Uh, hope, hopefully in line. Um, <laughs> or not in line. More not in line. Um, today is an election day. So wherever you're watching, doesn't matter who you vote for, what's your thing, this side, this side, somewhere in the middle, please. It is one of the greatest gifts we are given, living in a democracy where your vote does matter and it does count. So take 10 minutes on your way, wherever you're going today. Polls are open till seven or eight o'clock, I think here in Ohio and over in Kentucky, they got a big governor's race down there. There's a lot happening, okay? Please exercise your right to vote. It is very, very important. All right, speaking of importance, uh, I can see them now, uh, drivers in hand, uh, just walking back from the practice tee uh, on their way to number one uh, at Potter's National. This is it. You've been waiting for this for weeks. Uh, this is the pummeling at Potter's Field. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>